Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad podcast, everybody. I am Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of the nowhere, the nowhere, the get, middle of nowhere. Yes, get together hopefully once a month. Uh, we're at a two month rate at this point. Yeah, but you know what? That's better than three months, right? Sure. And talk horror movies, right? So <clears throat> I'm Keegan. This is Eric. How's everybody going, doing out there going? I, 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 I can't, I cannot speak today. Uh, so this podcast is going to be very difficult if I cannot speak. But Eric, how are you? How's it going, man? Um, I'm, as of today, I'm great. Uh, it was a okay. it was a beautiful 71 degrees here in Carlsbad, New Mexico today. Mm-hmm. Sunday, day off. So I got to spend it outside skating. How have you been doing, Keegan? I've been going great, Eric. Uh, no, I've been good. Uh, I just literally... what have you been up to? Well, have I... you been spending time outside like me? No, I okay. Do I spend zero time out. Well. <laughs> That's not true because every day at work I spend all day outside. Sure, but, but you then don't on my spend days any personal off, time outside. right? I go into gotcha. like hibernation and just disappear off the face of the planet. Um, you know, when I get home from work, I just want to like just sit down and play video games. Yeah, like I don't want to do a goddamn thing. And last week, a couple times, Melissa like guilt trip is too hard of a word, but like guilt- made you watch the film guilt trip, but guilted me to like go skate. And at the time, I was like. Oh God! But of course, like afterwards, you were I was like happy, happy that I happy. did it. Yeah, but, I wish uh, somebody would guilt trip me into physical activity <laughs> <laughs> because I I think I need that in my life. But anyways, yes, yeah. So uh, we haven't spoken since I think it was the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. And Eric was just kind of joking about he's like we're not friends anymore because we can't tell stories unless they're on the podcast. I was literally and- trying to talk. Keegan's been at my house for like an hour now. Yep. And anytime I've tried to tell him something, he's like, save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod, man. But uh, Christmas did occur. So did any horror things? Did you get anything horror for Christmas? Did you anything at all? Uh, Yeah, I got a couple fun blues. Uh, One of them was horror. I actually planned to talk it. It was uh, Severin's recent release of The Night Killer. What about you? Did you get anything horror related? (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Uh, I asked for my parents. I asked for the Wreck Collection. Oh, nice. From, uh, oh, God, Dog. Are you going to go through every one of those fucking films? There's only four. Ugh. And the first two are two of the best like found footage movies ever made. Okay. But then, eh, three kind of sucks. I think I've only seen Quarantine. You've never seen Wreck? I don't know if I've ever seen Wreck. No, I've seen Quarantine with you Jay Hernandez. Saw, you never saw Wreck and Wreck 2? And, and Deborah Carpenter? Yes. No. Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter. Deborah yeah. Carpenter is uh, John Carpenter. <laughs> Wait, I'm getting fucking confused yeah, here. There's too many Carpenters. Um, you know, like Jesus. Sure. I'm just kidding. Um, no. So I, yeah, I got the rec collection for my parents. Uh, shout out to them. Shout out to my mom. I guess she's a listener now. So hello. Okay. Hello mom. Okay. Um, hello, Lisa. And then my, uh, my aunt Carrie, I guess I didn't need to say her name. My aunt. But you did. I know. My, uh, this, my aunt bought me a gift card. So you know what I use that for? Amazon or where to? Amazon. Okay. And, uh, where for, else do you get a gift card I, to I, from now? I had like this weird moment where I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to use it to get the Omen collection. Nice! So, <laughs> did you get it? I got it. Very So sick. I now have all sick. four rec films and all like five or six, well, six, I think, including the remake. I don't know. Omen films. And I haven't started any of them. So, oh, thank God. 
Because I'm, I'm dreading that episode already. Dude, Wreck It. You've never seen Wreck. I don't think I've ever seen Wreck. That's Maybe. crazy. Maybe. That's crazy. Because Wreck is a lot like Quarantine. So you've seen Quarantine. I've Wreck seen Quarantine. Two, Wreck 2 is better. Oh, Wreck wow. 2 is amazing. I'm not confident. When we, when we, watched we did our found footage episode, did you, you, did you tell us this then? I don't know. Well, okay. Thanks for listening to the podcast, shit, everybody. Uh, anyways, that's what I got. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for our pleasantries. Okay. That was our cool. that was our Christmas talk. Yeah. Well, uh, so what how, are we doing this episode? What's oh, going on here? This, well, this 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 is a big episode, right? Yeah, I think so. We're finally doing our this f- still final episode. It is fucking January twenty sixth, two thousand twenty, and we're doing our favorite horror films of two thousand and eleven. As a joke, two thousand nineteen. That's correct. And I'm very excited because. Well, we'll get to it. Actually, I was going to say I'm excited because it was a good year, but I actually don't think it was that good of a year, but we'll get to that. Huh. Like, I think You don't need to explain yourself. I feel like we say that every goddamn year, though. I know, but I feel like this year, like, I I found 10 films. I was like, cool. And then I was like, Like, you struggled to find those 10? Yeah. Well, no, that was it. It was like those 10 Uh films, and then there was some other stuff I could put on there. Gotcha. Um, So I feel like it's like 10 good ones. I just can't believe you got Brightburn at Wanda. Yeah. I got Brightburn at Wanda. But we'll get to that. Yes, we will. I don't have Brightburn at one. But uh, who knows? Maybe it made my list. <laughs> but I'll be very surprised if it Brightburn made your list. But but when I say my nine, you're gonna say you're dumb. I can't wait. Uh, real quick, I do want to say I think I know what our next episode is gonna be, and it's gonna Go be ahead. hell for you because you're gonna no, have no. to rewatch everything. No, from no, the last no. Whenever, okay. So Keegan wants to do the top ten of the decade. T- top ten of the decade. Now you might be thinking out there. Our first episode of the podcast, which no one at this point has heard, right? It's not even available right now on Anchor. Um, was top 10 of the last 10 years. But we recorded that episode like five years ago. Yeah. And that was very early Ghoul Squad where we were very timid young men. And now we still are timid young men. Correct. But we've seen more films. Correct. Um, no, no. Whenever you first told me that, I guess I was kind of like slightly intimidated. But then you're like, duh, don't watch anything. Just make a list. Cause so we, like, I'm already like looking forward to next episode. Yeah, me too. the only thing I have to worry about then is... The reaction what I've been from watching. our 20 listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's our next episode. Yeah, we think we're going to do top 10 of the decade uh, of the 2010s. And that'll be fun because we can just pick out, obviously, the bangers and then just sure. kind of wax poetic about those. I mean, I'll spoil mine. Number one's probably going to be Train to Busan. Really? It's going to be up For there. For the whole decade? It's going to be up there. Didn't, like, Cabin in the Woods come out? It's going to be up there. It's going to be up there. <laughs> we'll just have to wait for next episode, duh. I that would be insane to me. Like Train to Busan's good, but like Cabin in the Woods. Well, uh, not to spoil my list, but <laughs> God damn it, that's no, probably my last one. Last decade. Now I'm gonna have to fucking watch them both to decide. Yeah, the plan was not right. to watch anything. All right, Eric, uh, that's enough. Before we get to what we've been watching, I don't. Do we have anything else to top? The only other thing I have is there's nothing else to talk about. The only other thing I do have, real quick, is um, over the last month. Something came out, and I uh, was very excited about it. And I just, I He's talking about the turning. Can you believe him? I couldn't let it like pass without just like not talking about it on the podcast. So I just wanted to say, Eric, did you like uh, Rise of Skywalker? I liked it. Yeah. Fuck it, now Let's talk Rise of Skywalker. Sure. This I, is a I, horror I, podcast, but I'm uh, also the biggest fucking Star Wars fan on the planet. Uh, uh, unfortunately. So I'm just casual Star Wars guy, right? Me too. Uh, having said that, I was like really excited. I rewatched Force Awakens. I rewatched Last Jedi. To I'm looking for at the a Rise Star Wars calendar in your kitchen right now. Yes. E Dog likes Star Wars, but he only likes new Star Wars, Disney Star Wars. Uh, that is fair to say. Um, His favorite film of the Disney Star Wars I, so I far is Solo, out. a Star Wars story. Oh, fuck you, duh. 
Uh, I walked out feeling disappointed. I feel it's the less of the new trilogy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's. I think it's the worst movie I, of the new trilogy. I would love to hear your thoughts. Like, what about all the like bullshit? Which bullshit? Because <laughs> there's a lot. Which bullshit? Um, I guess like. Uh, oh, like all the like background stuff, like JJ and Colin Trevorrow and that whole thing. No, not so much that, but just like bringing back Palpatine. Yeah, I how mean, does that sit with someone who's like a hardcore Star Wars fan? I don't know. I don't really like. I don't get obsessed with like what they do in the films like uh storyline wise care like the only thing i care about is are the movies good and so that's why i didn't really care like that last jedi kind of quote unquote like disrespected fans or whatever because i don't care about stuff like that that movie is amazing and so here it's like oh what do you think about bringing back palpatine i don't know it's cool if it's good and it's not really okay so that's like disappointing but it's not disappointing because they brought back back palpatine it's disappointing because the way in which the climax like plays out, I sure. just think is too big, too stupid, and then it's like over, and you've just yeah. I, I'm not I'm not very into the finale of this film. Other than that, I love the movie. Um, I think the finale kind of sucks. Uh, I'm sure you have been reading as well, but I've been like reading like what what you just like brought up with like Colin Trevor Rowe, like yeah, what could have been, and there's been like supposedly that leaks of like the concept yeah. art book, and it seems like what could have been would have been so much cooler than what we got. Well, okay, but I would caution that that's concept art and sure, that's exactly. script, and Colin Trevorrow is not a good filmmaker. Okay. Everything he's made is not that good. So, like, Jurassic World's not that good. Like, I think he made that, like, it's not Book of Eli, but whatever that movie was called, and, like, he's not that good of a filmmaker, so while it's cool concept art... good ideas right, may not have fleshed out well on film. He's not that good of a filmmaker. So, there's that... And then also, like, just because it's different than what we got doesn't mean it would have been better. And then also, my last part of it is, I would have preferred... This is what I've been saying. I would have preferred it to get wilder and be a straight sequel to The Last Last Jedi Jedi. instead of this very safe, very... Rewriting The Last Jedi. Very safe version of, like, a finale for Star Wars. I would have rather them just gone fucking wild. Sure. And like Ray have a double bladed lightsaber and wear all black and like all kinds of crazy shit. Like Kylo Ren was going to face off against Vader in a cave on Dagobah. Sure. Like I would have like, I would have preferred that, but I don't know if the movie would have been better. It probably would not have been better. That's what I think. Um, just like one of those concept art ideas was like Kylo Ren was supposed to meet with like Palpatine's master. Yeah. Doesn't that just sound cooler? Yeah, I mean, it's a cool it's idea. Always, like, there's always can, a big bad. Can we just bad. say it's a cool idea? I mean, yeah, like what my thing was, The Last Jedi kind of set it up that Kylo Ren was going to be supreme leader. And I, I would have been totally okay with that. I feel like the reason Ryan Johnson got rid of Snoke was to like lessen the picture to just Rey and the Resistance versus the First Order and Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. So then to have like another big bad, I feel like is kind of stupid. Okay. Um, and that's ultimately, of course, what we got and with Palpatine anyway. So, I mean, I just, it's kind of a mess. Um, and it's also just a mess of a film. Like at times it's really good and emotional. And then at times it's like, well, hang on, don't cry because we have to get to the next scene. Right. And I prefer to it doesn't sit and really cry. breathe. Yeah. There's no, no breathing in this film. But all that being said, I also loved it. So I also like enjoyed it on that first viewing since I didn't know what was coming. Sure. Um, and then I went a second time and I was almost like, just give me the fuck out of here. 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem with stuff like this is like you ultimately... It's kind of funny because one of the films I'm going to talk about was... Uh, I'll make this quick, but it is related to horror. So I watched Three from Hell, Three from Hell finally. Oh, okay. And in Three from Hell, or on the Blu-ray, uh, there's a documentary. It's like ma- the making of Three from Hell. Did you watch and it all? Isn't it like I watched like plus? I watched like 40 minutes of it. Okay. And it was kind of funny because I heard um, Rob Zombie, he's like... Yeah, you know, I wanted to make a sequel to this film, but like, I didn't want all the characters just like repeating lines that they had said before. That's what it is, you know, stuff like that. And he's like, because ultimately, like those nostalgia trips are cool on an opening night, like the whole crowd cheers, and then they later just feel hollow and sad. And I was like, ooh, he's talking about Star Wars. Um, So that's kind of why. Well, this has gone on too long, but that's kind of why I like the last Jedi so much is like, that's not what it is. It's literally a a new star Wars film doing new things and everyone hated it out of existence. And we got stuff like solo and this film because of that. So your dog is going to hit you with a hard hitting question. Okay. Rank the new trilogy. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Uh, favorite go from favorite to least favorite. So yeah, it's easy. It's just, uh, force awakens last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. If you ask me what the best film, like the best movie, it's uh, Last, Jedi. Last Jedi, Force Awakens, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. and that was Star Wars on a horror podcast. I feel like I, we can't not say anything about it because like, we always, I'm always dropping Star Wars bullshit, and it was just like such hype. But anyways, sure, that was Star Wars talk. Let's move on. Okay. And Are now, we just jumping into what we've been watching? It is. So play the music. Let's all go to the lobby. I'm just, I'm kidding, though. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I want you to start it first. So what are we going to talk first here, Eric? Uh, I thought we could talk The Turning because that was this weekend. Yes. Uh, We both saw it I literally just got out of the film and drove here. Okay. I I went Friday night. Yep. uh, Killed uh, some coffee before I went, and I'm happy to say stayed awake. Wow. Because I almost... The Turning. I almost dozed off. And I'll tell you what, G, maybe it was just the coffee, but at one point I leaned over to fucking Dana and I was like, this is okay. Sure. But let's... But, you know, then I finally finished the fucking film. So what is The Turning, Eric? Let's talk The Turning. Uh, I guess it's based on a fucking novel called The Turn of the Screw. And it's about a woman who Which, gets... before we go further, which is also what season two of Haunting a Hill House is based on. Which is interesting. Which is Haunting a Bly, Bly House, which is Bly the, Manor. the Screw. Yeah. Yes, that's interesting. We're getting two adaptations of the same novel this year. But one's going to be from Mike Flanagan. So it's yes. our, And then, uh, I mean, let's just say it right now. The Turning's a piece of shit. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that the Mike Flanagan adaptation is going to... I would hope so. Going to be much better. I, yeah. w- I wish he was going to direct every episode, but we can't all get what we want. Uh, is he at least writing every episode? Yes. Okay. So uh, The Turning is about a woman who gets hired to be a live-in babysitter for initially what she thinks to be uh, one child, but it turns out she has an older creep uh, brother. 
and the house that they live in is haunted? Yeah, I guess. Is that the turning? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it also has... Everything feels incredibly insignificant yes. in this film. And the best thing about it is the Terminator connection, which is Mackenzie Davis. If she, I feel like if she wasn't in this movie, I'm not saying she's like great in it, but I feel like she does bring some like emotion and stuff. I feel like she's doing her best. And if she, if it was like some other, it, it would be horrible. Like right. this would be the worst movie ever made. But I feel like she does a good job. And then, what about like, Finn Wolfhard? I thought he was bad. Okay, that's... like I thought he's playing like a like a Finn Wolfhard from like SNL. Okay, like okay. I, like I, I don't know what the hell he's doing. And then I don't know, like the little girl was really good. I thought she I was good. <clears throat> but yeah, like I don't know what's going on here. So uh, also, this is from the writers of the first Conjuring, right? Did they do both of them? I think. Okay, so uh, as a haunted house horror film, like I was like sitting there like enjoying it. Sure. I like like again like it wasn't like anything like crazy suspenseful. It wasn't anything like crazy scary. It wasn't anything high stakes. But I felt like it was a passable film. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then and then the conclusion. The last several minutes of the film like erases what we see. It, it's borderline um, nonsense. I mean, yeah. that's how I felt. I don't understand. Like, why did they think to include that? Like, why would they not just cut the last three minutes of this film? You know, part of me was kind of just laughing at at the final three minutes because I was also like, wow, like, this is pretty ballsy. Like, so I almost respect it. It makes no sense. Oh, I agree. It makes no sense. But I also kind of, I, I don't think we should spoil the turning. It's a brand no. new movie. But if you've seen it, the final three minutes is so jarring. such fucking nonsense. Yeah. That And it's unearned. There's no, like, setup. There's nothing. It's just, like, three minutes of nonsense, and then the movie's over. And then the credits hit, and it's just kind of, like, all of a sudden, the score kind of gets, like, turned up. And it was, like, it, it was like the theme song from American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, like, a little it's heavy. It's, like, literally the same and theme there's, song. And there's this, like, creepy, and there's this, like, hand going over these paintings. And I was like, okay, maybe we're going to get like conclusion now. Well, see, and I was kind of into that. I was like, oh, this is kind of like artfully shot. And, and like, then this it was is like, cool. no, just regular black credits. Yeah. I, it's just nonsense. I yeah. mean, I, I really like, I don't know. I'd love to hear. I'm sure there's some story going on here. Why did this end like this? Right. I um, guess there's like a bunch of stuff in the trailer that it's not in the film. Really? I just wish Twitter didn't goddamn it for me. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately I would have came out like thinking, okay, this movie does suck either way. Yeah. But I just hate that I had to go in with a negative mindset. Knowing that it was like well. some nonsense right, at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I guess the only positive I can say about it, aside from Mackenzie Davis, is the interior and exteriors of the film had some scope. Yeah. There's it, that part where she's like chasing Finn Wolfhard on like the horse and yeah. like the maze. And I was kind of like, okay, this, 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 this kind of feels big for a moment. Yeah. I kind of, it's funny you're saying that because one of the main things I thought of while watching it well, I was like, I need to remember on the podcast, which I almost forgot, was uh, production design and like set design, and then like their. I don't want to say I don't want I don't want to be like Oscars here, but like costume design, like it looks. Right. I want to be clear. I actually don't think it's shot well at all. Like I think it's not a well shot movie, but inside of the shots is really good looking stuff. Like you said, like big scope, big mansion. The house looks like beautiful the all their clothing is like really nice like it's a cool looking movie inside the shots but it's shot horribly 
Like I was like, there's, there's stuff that's like, and, and maybe this is kind of what you're getting at. Maybe there's like stuff edited out, but at times like it would just edit around people like talking. And I almost was like, do they even know? Like there's a thing in cinema called eyelines where like characters need to be looking in this, in the same area on the screen. Otherwise you get disoriented. And that was like the whole film. Like that sounds petty, but it was just so disjointed. Everything was disjointed the way it was edited, the way it was shot, the way it looked. It was never like, wow, this is beautifully shot. Never. And right. to me, you have this gorgeous, like, like if you think about the conjuring, which is like seventies looking, it's shot like to mimic that. And then this was like modern filmmaking mixed with like some of that seventies film. I don't know. For I don't some know. reason it took place in the nineties. Right. It, it like opens up with the news report of Kurt Cobain killing himself, which I don't know. Why? It kind of reminded me of um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, how it's set during Vietnam, but for no reason. That's how it felt. Okay. But anyways, I don't know. I thought Mackenzie Davis was good. I thought it looked fine. It was shot horribly. And ultimately, I don't know. Just a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Like the way like the ghosts end up being shot, how they're like, you can see through like wavy. Does that make sense? I, it just, ugh. It, it's not like speed ramped. No. But their movements are jiggery? Uh, <laughs> is that a word? I, th- I hope so. Jiggery? Yeah. Shaky? How about that? That's, that's better. I just, it was just, I don't know. It's, I think it's important to sort of distinct kind of what you were saying earlier, which is, I don't think this is like the worst movie ever made, but it's also not good at all. Right. And that and that was just kind of frustrating and weird. I kind of walked out like, what the fuck? And that was kind of it. So. <laughs> so, uh, the turning is far from Ghoul Squad approved. That's correct. Two thumbs down. Like, if I would recommend you, like, there's better Netflix originals that are bad than this. So, you're saying you finally like Rim of the World? No. Okay. I would prefer to watch this than Rim of the World. Damn! Well... I just didn't like Room of the World. Damn! Okay. I didn't want to Moving watch on. Vine actors. Moving on from The Turning. Yes. What else you got next, Doc? Well, we, do you want to do stuff together? We can do stuff together. Um, so it came out last year, but I don't think it made either of our lists, which is a spoiler. But uh, we could talk Sweetheart. Let's talk Sweetheart. Yeah. You go ahead. Go first. E-Dog loves a fucking monster movie. This is what E-Dog is about. Uh, this is the type of shit I want to watch. Yes. Um... I feel like Sweetheart is an honorable mention yeah, for me. Uh, I agree. Sweetheart is about a woman who gets uh, shipwrecked and she gets stranded on a deserted island. And it turns out there is a fish man monster that comes out every night. Yes. And she's got to learn to uh, fight or something. Or, or fight. Yeah, she's got to find a way to defend herself from the fish man monster. Does this fish man monster got a cock? I don't think he does. But Keegan. What did you think about Sweetheart? I thought it was cool. Yeah. I enjoyed it. You know, you know, booting up Netflix and hit and yeah. play for 90 minutes. I enjoyed myself. So, I almost feel like I would have loved it more if they nailed the look of the creature. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes the Jaws route where we really don't see the thing until the very end. Yeah. And then when we finally do, when he's like screaming in her face, I was kind of like, that's eh, kind of dumb looking. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of a, so I, I like Sweetheart a lot. Um, if, if it had stuck some of the other stuff, like I didn't mind the creature design, which I okay. actually, 
I actually was really into it. From a distance, yeah. he almost looks cool when he's just like so big and bulky yeah. and buff and like but walking. once you finally like kind of see him, it's like a man in a suit. Right. Like I, I get that. But um, I kind of dug the way he sounded and looked and I was like, hmm. Well, is, is, just Sorry for interrupting you. Kind of creepy where you learn where he comes from. We yeah. learned that there's like a black hole that like was in awesome. the sea just off of the and island. He's, he's pulling that guy down there. Right. And he's That's the motherfucker like, who played uh, in Lords of Chaos. The fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bar- Burzum? Barnum? Craig? Korg? <laughs> that motherfucker. That was the same I actor. I can't remember his fucking name. It's uh, the dude who ends up killing. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, fucking Varg. Varg. There you go. Um, that was like a creepy ass idea yeah. that he just well, like emerges from this black a, hole. It was a super creepy shot. She like looks under the water and yeah. he's being like. He's pulling him down into this like black hole in the fucking ocean. Right. And I was like, whoa. She occasionally, and, like after she's already encountered the monster, she occasionally goes out into the water. There's like a yeah. part where she's like trying to capture fish to like lure him. Yeah. And I just kept thinking like, you're really fucking brave to keep going into the water. That black hole. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I was going to say was the monster design. I liked, I liked the way it sounded and the way he, he had like, it, I'll just tell you this. I'm staring at it going, wow, this looks like, and you're going to laugh, and I didn't even say it to my brother because my brother hates that I like constantly talk about like movies and how, like, I think I think my brother just fucking hates me. Shout out to bed. Okay. Fair so enough. anyways, I was going to tell them, I said, man, this looks like a Neville Page monster. But I don't I know who Neville Page is. Well, you're going to find out. Okay. So, and I was like, but nah, probably not. They're probably mimicking that because of like Cloverfield and stuff. Oh, and okay. I'm staring at him like, it looks like a fucking Neville Page monster, but I mean, I, I can't, I can't be this smart, which I'm fucking around, but I can't, there's no way. And at the end it said creature designed by Neville Page, which is oh, bad. Wow. That's bad robots, creature designer. So oh, like wow. every monster in all bad robot stuff. So like even, um, there's a monster in the first Star Trek that's very similar to like a Cloverfield monster, um, Super 8, the, uh, monster in Super 8, like they always have that same noise that they make. And those are all made by Neville page. And interesting. So this is a, you can almost think of this film as like a fake Cloverfield movie. Cause it even had the creature designer. Oh, okay. And so I really liked it. I think the only time it, I liked it too. Definitely. Yeah. The only time it starts to fall apart is when, um, spoilers for sweetheart, additional people arrive on the Island. Their acting was terrible. Okay. Terrible. Uh, there's a line that goes sweetheart, we're not getting on that fucking boat. It, I almost felt like that line was forced just to like reiterate like, oh, that's the title of our movie Whoa, as well. That's the title. Right, exactly. Right. Um, since you dropped spoiler, Edo's going to drop a spoiler. Well, not a major spoiler. Okay. There is a fire ass chase scene in this film. Yeah. So the creature comes out at night and you learn that he's not as agile on land as he, as he is in water. So she's running on the shoreline. And in order to keep up with her, the monster will dive into the water only to dive back out onto land. And I thought that was so fucking cool. Yeah. I heard, um, Elric, Elric Kane on the shockwaves podcast talking about, and I was going to say the same thing, so I hate that I was going to say the same thing, but he did, so now it sounds like I'm fucking saying what Copying he said. Him. But, like, it's always funny when, like, movie... Like, okay, Sweetheart is 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 awesome, but it's not, like, a, a great movie. It's not, like, the greatest movie ever, right? Right. But it's funny when movies like this have, like, moments that are great. Sure. And the greatest moment in this film, which I'm not going to spoil, spoil, but there's the monster reveal. The first time we see sure. the monster, there's this incredible shot 
of the first time we see it. And that's all I'll say. And like, to me, it was like, Oh shit. Okay, cool. So even if it's not good, like that's really good. Um, I wish I would have liked the design more now that you said who uh, created it. Yeah. If you listen to it, like it sounds like the super eight monster. Mm. Like it sounds exactly. Oh dude. Super eight. So good. I want everybody to watch super eight because they all love kids on bikes now. So sure. go watch that one that you all didn't watch in 2011. Right. And that was, that was sweetheart. You can find that on Netflix. That's correct. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'm glad I saw it. Do you want to keep going together? We can keep going together. Bliss. Let's talk bliss. Joe Bigos. This is another uh, honorable mention for EDOC. Same here. Uh, bliss, not going to make my list, so we're going to talk it at the top of the podcast. And I want to apologize. I think everybody loves bliss. Bliss is good. I agree. I just found uh, 10 other films to be better. Yeah. Um, and EDOC's Eric, opinion. Eric, tell us what bliss is. You're sure. good at this. Uh, so bliss is about a woman who... Um, uh, she's an artist. She's a painter. And this is how she supports herself. But she's currently going through a terrible creative block. And we learn that she has uh, a couple deadlines. There are a couple people who are waiting uh, to uh, receive her final artwork. And while this is going on, she turns into a fucking vampire. Spoilers. And uh, she now has to battle with not only uh, the creative block that she's suffering from, but what is she turning into? Yeah, so whenever I watched Bliss, I didn't watch any trailers for it. I just knew it was Joe Bigos and it was yeah. a big deal. And so I didn't know anything. She was a vampire? I didn't know that at all. Okay. And so when that was sort of being revealed, I was like, oh, cool. That's what this is. Ultimately, really liked Bliss, but I also was kind of turned off by the dialogue. Like, I don't know what the hell. Is this what all Joe Bigos films sound like? Which is people just saying fucking a lot. I don't. Like, I mean, that's not how the mind's eye was. Or okay. I feel like that's not how almost human was. Because I'm really excited about VFW. I can't wait for VFW. I, I'm I, fucking yeah. pumped. I pre-ordered the Blu-ray. Oh, nice. But when's that drop? It's like soon. I don't. I don't know. But oh, shit, I need to do the same. Yeah, I was not into the dialogue at all, and I really this actress was good, but it was like, man, my boss being a fucking bummer, man. <laughs> and I was just kind of yeah. like, Ugh. no. So let me tell you what it turned- was just like that kind of, like that kind of dialogue turns me off. It's like, did we make this in our backyard? And cause if I did, that would be how my dialogue sounds, but I'm not a filmmaker. So, so, so uh, this woman and her friends, what's her Fuck name? Fuck you, De- man. Is it Debbie? Yeah. No, that's not Debbie. Deborah. Not Deborah. Uh, the, the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, who well, I thought was great. She, I just didn't like the dialogue. She likes to partake in, uh, Alcohol and drugs. Yeah. That's what bliss is. We later learn that it's a, it was supposed to be what it's described in the film, like Coke Coke or or something. something. Yeah. And so there's parts where like, she's like, she's like stressed out because she's like fiending, but not just from like the drugs, but from the blood. I need a hit, man. Like, oh my God, that was so annoying. Yeah. Partially because like that rings true. Yeah. Like I've encountered fucking people like that. Yeah. That are just like on drugs and they don't give a shit about anything but themselves. And it's just so fucking annoying. So like I found that aggravating. Sure. And, and, and that's good that the film like did that accurately, I guess, sure. but, but it's still annoying. I was annoyed by it. Yeah. I was like, fuck man. Like the whole time it was like, yeah, my boss is being a fucking bummer, man. And right. I was just like, Oh, whatever. Um, so I was not very into the dialogue, but I thought Jeremy Gardner was really good. Can we talk some pluses? Sure. Let's talk about that gore. Yeah. Let's talk sure. about let's talk about the, the the sex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Check mark for E-Dog. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And I thought the gore was like really, really good. Right, thank and you. And wild. But uh, this is kind of what I wanted like the Devil's Candy to turn into. Oh, right. Because remember Devil's Candy is about someone doing a painting as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like tempted by the devil or whatever the hell's going on in that. I don't remember the Devil's Candy. Too. I didn't really like the Devil's Candy. And so this gave me more of what I wanted from that, which okay. is like obsession with art and trying to like, you know, the whole thing that's in Bliss. And... So I got a lot of it, but I also just was like, like I said, turned off by the dialogue. So I liked it, but I ultimately was like, huh, that it's, was, that was really, I literally thought that was really cool. And that was it. It's a good film. That's aggravating. Yeah, for sure. Especially with all the like flashing and strobing lights. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm not, and, and again, like these guys are good filmmakers. This movie is good. Yeah, definitely. I was not into those things, um, but I'm also, I don't really like drug movies and this had a lot of that as well. Uh, my, the first time I watched it, I definitely really liked it. And then the second time I watched it, I showed my three best friends, Sinjin, Andrew, and Dana. Not me. and Not, not Keegan. No. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, all of them were like, this movie's fucking terrible. Really? And so it made me like, I had like a crisis of bliss. Hmm. I was like, ah, I thought I really liked it, but now these guys are making me second guess myself. I wonder if we were non-horror fans that sort of were accepting it. And also if we didn't know it was Joe Bigos, who's like beloved in the genre. Sure. I wonder if we would think it was bad, except for the gore and right. sex as well. But I don't know. I liked Bliss. So so we like Bliss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 good. I don't... What I will say is I'm not going to watch Bliss again. Okay. But I thought it was cool. That's fair. So, I, I, I've already watched it with Melissa. I just told you I, I watched it with my friends like... I don't know if I'll watch it either because like now yeah. I have no one to show it to. Yeah, like, I'm and and like usually it's like fuck. I want to show my brother this. Like he's the first person I want to show it to, and I don't feel so like you I watched need. Bliss alone initially. Yeah, I watched it by myself. Okay, so that was Bliss. That was Bliss. Joe Bigos. Joe Bigos. What do you want to do next? Uh, do we have anything else to talk together? We have a couple joint things. Let's do some more joints. Then. So let's smoke a few more joints, da. Well, we have a big joint to to to. We got a big one, da. We're about yeah. to get blazed. So, HBO is The Outsider. Oh, okay. Let's talk The Outsider. Right. Let's, I'm, so, I'm currently watching it with my yeah. mom and Melissa. And my mom is hooked awesome. on The Fucking Outsider. So, tonight's yeah. Sunday, right? Yeah, it's and a, she's tonight. Like, and she's like, tonight's a new episode, right? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, we watching it tonight? And I was like, I'm going to record with Keegan. And she was like, we're watching it tomorrow, right? Like, she like grabbed yeah. me by my collar. And she like thrusted me up against the wall. And she was like, look, bitch. We're watching The Outsider tomorrow. And I was like, okay, mom, okay. Um... So, <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse let's, me. Let's tank. talk the outsider. Yeah. So, uh, the outsider. I'll let you explain it, but I just want to say, like, this is my this is peak Kigi TV. Okay. That's okay. Fair. So Good. when I agree, but my favorite thing in television is mysteries and shows willing to not reveal those mysteries just to let them sit there, and then also having to wait week to week. And then also just not like being led down a path by storytelling. This is my favorite thing on the planet because I'm surprised people aren't already like, well, come on. Are we going to find out what's going on? Because that's how everyone is now. Everyone's got to sure. fucking know everything. Everyone's got to binge everything. We got to binge fucking eight hours in a day. Sure. And this is just brilliant storytelling so far. So, Eric, what is The Outsider? Okay. So, since we're going to talk about The Outsider, I'm going to talk about something else. Have you watched Mindhunter? Yeah. Okay, good. I, I think I watched like eight episodes of the first season just because of uh, Fincher. Oh, so you're not – you haven't seen the second season? No. Oh. It's canceled anyway, so. 
Well, duh. I feel like you should watch Mindhunter after we're done with Outsider. Okay, so The Outsider is... I been- liked the first, like, eight hours of it, but if if something... If if I don't love something and I'm eight hours in, I usually quit because it's like, well, what the fuck am I doing here? That's a fair yeah uh, belief. Okay, so The Outsider is uh, based off a Stephen King novel of the same name. Right. Uh, Jason Bateman plays a plays a man by the name of is it Ted Maitland? Ted? Terry Maitland. Ted, Terry Maitland. All right, so we got Terry fucking Maitland. He's a he's a little league baseball coach. Seems, yes. Seems to be an okay dude, married with a child, and uh, he is accused of murdering a child violently and the and the evidence against him is overwhelming right exactly there's eyewitnesses and his dna is just all over the kill site and the child it should be a fucking open and shut goddamn they they have video of him leaving the scene with blood on him and change it like it's it is wrapped up as a case that he did this crime but then but wait but wait there's and this one the screamer there's evidence that he is 70 miles away from the town in which the murder took place and again there's overwhelming evidence to of his prove innocence he was somewhere else correct there's eyewitnesses there's even uh footage uh film footage of him not in town the time the murder took place so the big mystery is the big twist what the fuck are we trying to learn how the fuck is Ted, Terry, Tan, Terry, Maitland, whatever the fuck How his name is? How could he be in two places at once? In two places at once. Now, and to have me, murdered a child. When you when, like, if you're if you hear this is a Stephen King story, you hear that setup, and then the final setup is how could this man be in two places at once? That's key. I'm done. I'm Let's not, do it. I'm Let's not, go. I'm not gonna say Let's anything. Let's go. I'm not gonna say it's anything. It's awesome. But after that first episode, my mom and I were already talking theories. Yeah, and I feel like my mom's already hit the nail on the head. I. But I, I'm like super I into it. Th- I can't wait to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. But in the third episode, there were some additional. Um, there were some socks that were in episode three, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I don't know what's going on." Uh, um, Tan Maitland is played by Jason Bateman. Yeah, Terry and, Maitland, uh, uh, Teddy Ma- uh, Maitland. And uh, he also directed a few of the episodes. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I really like Jason Bateman. Yeah, he's, he's directed, good in this. Um, what was that movie called? The Gift? Remember that? You know, I didn't watch that. With it's one good. of the Egertons or it, Owentons. Yeah, or, Joel Egerton. It's really good. Uh, uh, Joey Overton. It's really good. It's called The Gift. Blumhouse yeah. is The Gift. And yeah. it's really fucked up. That's a film I wouldn't mind revisiting. Yeah, That's if a film you, I watched at the like, drive-in a million years if ago. If you like like the ominous direction of this that he kind of already did, then The Gift is very similar. Yeah. Um, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on The Outsider, Doc? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I just really like it. I love being led by storytelling and patient storytelling i love this i love how can he be in two places at once and then slowly uncovering the mystery while we're watching that first episode like it didn't like dawn on me like that that's what was happening really and so i had to like pause it and i was like wait 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 how is he in two different places at once and then i was like oh that's that's the whole point (laughs) that's what this is about yeah so so what's cool is like or so when i so i heard about this because um if if you read books we don't we don't know how to read sure but if you read books, you know this is supposedly like Stephen King ha- writes a bunch of books and a lot aren't that good. This is the one that apparently is like the return to form for Stephen King. It's like a, the greatest book he's written in years and the whole thing. And so all I knew about it was there's like a murder that takes place and and someone is accused of it and they're in two places at once. 
That's so I knew that going in. Uh, Tanner Maitland. Yeah, Tanner. So I knew that going in. So I've just been so excited to figure this out. And then like I don't know how to say it. Like they found his clothes. I mean, no, I'm not going to spoil anything. But the way they found his clothes and what they found with his clothes, I was like, oh shit! Like I think this might be way bigger than I thought. So I'm very excited. Right. Very excited. Very excited. Yeah, I'm on board yeah. with The Outsider. It's awesome. Get HBO, pay for a month of it or whatever, and watch this wait, fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, well, wait till it ends, and then you can fucking binge it in a fucking day. Yeah, it's awesome. This is my favorite type of storytelling. This is my favorite way to consume it week to week. I love this shit. It's good stuff. Love this shit. You dogs are digging it. So, that's The Outsider. Okay, what other joints do I had a statement to make on The Outsider. Okay, go ahead. I think this is already, we're three hours into it, and you can tell me I'm crazy. I think I can already predict this is going to be my favorite TV of the year. Like, okay. other stuff I'm sure will come out this year. The, I like this th- that much so far. Like, this is this is made, this is Pete Keegy TV. It's good. Yeah. I'm not arguing with you. So I really like it. That's The Outsider. Okay. What, what else we got to discuss together, G? Well, another one that's not going to make our list, and I just watched, so this is my what we've been watching. Okay. One Cut of the Dead. Okay, let's talk One Cut of the Dead. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's cool. I thought it was cool. I, I know I, I, know I kind of say that a lot. But when I like a film but don't just, like, love every second of it like some people do, I just think it's cool. It's like, yeah, One Cut of the Dead was sick. But ultimately, it didn't rise to, like, anything crazy for me. Um, what how, what were your feelings when you finally learned what it was? Because what's presented on paper isn't what you get. Yeah, so when the film starts, you're introduced to basically a zombie film that plays out in one shot, kind of like found footage. And right. I was very annoyed by it and i was like man this production value is so low it's definitely a film that you have to have patience for yes and i'll let you go but when i watched it a second time i guess knowing what was coming it almost felt like it dragged on my patience more yeah like i'm watching it and i literally like started writing notes in my phone like uh uh-oh like because i didn't know i didn't know that where it was gonna don't say anything half okay I didn't know where it was going to go in the second half, but let's just say the first half is like this found footage one shot and the film turns into something else at a certain point. And before it turned into that something else, I thought, boy, this is really cheap. This is, this is what people were talking about. (laughs) Right. This is what people are raving about. Yeah. I was like, this is like cheap and kind of not that like good and not shot well. And like the quality was bad. Like the actual quality of like the, the the video I thought was bad. How did you watch it? Uh, Shutter. Okay. I got Shutter for one month. Nice. And that's then, the best five dollars I spend a month, though. Go and, ahead. And then it turned into what it turns into, and I thought, okay, cool. Like now it makes sense. Like you're right. You need patience to get to that. Once you get to that, I had a lot of fun with it. But ultimately, I didn't really like it. It's not really a horror movie, kind of, because of what it turns into. So it wasn't really sure. I thought it was really cool, and that's it. Yeah. So it didn't make my list. I I I think I sh- I share the sentiments that you do. It's it's cool, but like. It didn't spark me like it seems to have sparked everybody else. Right. And maybe maybe if you saw this at a festival and no one ever told you about it and you saw it play out the way it does, like with a crowd, maybe this would be like a gangbuster movie. Sure. I watched this at home on my TV by myself, and I was like, ah, that was cool. And that was kind of, yeah. That was it. I, I liked it. I mean, I was into one, one Cut of the Dead, but I was not super in love with it. So that is One Cut of the Dead. Really good. We never even explained what it is. It's like a zombie found footage film. That I turns feel into like you else. shouldn't. Sure. Zombies. I mean, I yeah, think sure, I can sure. say that. Just say that. It's a zombie yeah. film. That, zombie film with a twist. That's correct. Exactly. So that was one cut of the dead. 
What else, Eric? Do we have any other more joint productions? We have one. Let's, let's, let's keep going together before we before we split paths. I only have like two things to talk next, okay. so why don't you talk something next? Okay. Uh, we, gonna... we will talk underwater very soon. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, you talk slept through underwater, so it's, that's mainly going to be Keegan uh, talking. Uh, I'm going to go with what I've most recently watched in an effort to try to sound more coherent because when I get further up this list, I'm not going to remember fucking anything. I watched Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, this was also on Shutter, and you're sure it was the gore cut? <laughs> it was on Shutter G. Okay, and you know that's one of the reasons I was excited about it because I had never heard of this film, and then all of a sudden, when was it Vinegar Syndrome that yes. brought it out to blue? And they're putting it in a 4K. Yeah, it was announced that it was this R-rated gore cut, and then before watching it, I read that it the the, the dude who did the gore was uh, John Carl Buechler. Oh, or is okay. it Beekler? Yeah, Beekler. I th- uh, think the, it's Beekler. He directed Friday, Friday. the 13th Part Seven. Seven? Uh, he the also, new blood, right? He he, he he did some of the gore for that as well. I believe so. Yeah. So like, the idea of him, we, it's somebody we can trust with violence and gore, right? Sure. Okay, so that has me excited, right? And then everybody, and then like I'm like in the you know like Shutter fucking retweets people, and so I'm just mm-hmm. seeing all these like randos in my timeline talking about Tammy and the T Rex, and this is like something that like E Dog is game for. So their marketing worked on you, right? Exactly. This is Denise Richards and Paul Walker. This is 1994. Uh, what this film's about? Have you? Did you watch it? No. Okay. I uh, really wanted to, but now I'm not going to. It's not a good movie. Good. Even in like the kooky standards that it sets. Like I'm game for this type of shit. Sure, you know me I mean? too. I'm. I'm. We game. like dumb shit. It, right. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I, I like you. So Tammy and the T Rex is about Denise Richards and Paul Walker. Okay, they're together. But uh, two beautiful people, two beautiful people, right? Exactly. But Denise Richards' ex boyfriend is just super jealous of Paul Walker. Okay, and they're constantly getting into fights, and Paul Walker is constantly saying, "I'm not running away from him." So one of the times they beat him up really bad. Paul Walker gets jumped. They leave him in a zoo, a petting zoo. No, no, no. Not a petting zoo. It's just a fucking zoo where there's like tigers and lions and like leopards Bears, and cheetahs oh and jaguars. There's and they a, conjure up the coronavirus. There's all of these just dangerous fucking beasts just like openly roaming this zoo and they leave Paul Walker. He gets attacked. But then there's a fucking game warden who saved Paul Walker, but he's like in critical condition. So they take him to the emergency room. Cut to this fucking mad scientist. I'm not making any of this up. Cut to this fucking mad scientist who has an animatronic T-Rex. Who, and he wants to bring it to life. He goes to the hospital. He learns Paul Walker doesn't have really any next of kin. They kill it's Paul. It's Robocop. They kill. <laughs> Don't say that. So they kill Paul Walker and they take his brain and they put it in the animatronic T-Rex. It's Robocop. T-Rex, the T-Rex, then goes to Denise Richards, explains that he's fucking Paul Walker, and then they go and kill everybody who's wronged them. And this movie is not good. Though. Sounds fun. It's it's It should be, but it's just like grating in that it's like bad the way it's made. Right. You know what that reminds me of, and I thought about it recently, is Leprechaun 4 in space. Okay. Just how, like, that should have been fun and stupid, and we should have enjoyed it. And sure. It's I mean, he's shooting a laser gun. Horrendous. One of the... That movie almost broke me as a horror fan. <laughs> and so that's kind of what Tammy the T-Rex sounds like. You know, I can't... 
name a specific film that has almost broken you as a horror fan. But I can admit within the last 10 years or so, I like needed a break from the genre. For sure. And like, I just like, I think that's like when I discovered like Paul Thomas Anderson films. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, whoa, there's like really good cinema out there. Like I don't have to be settling for Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but remember when we were, I was watching all those Leprechaun films and I thought I need to watch a vision from a director Go ahead. And I don't remember what the film was, but whatever it was, I, I was so happy to watch because I was so tired of watching those Leprechaun films. Shout out Shane Saw. What's up, Shane? You watch so much fucking bullshit, man. The yeah. shit that you post on fucking Letterboxd and fucking uh, your Instagram. One, how do you find these films? Two, how do you have time to watch these films? And goddamn, like all those fucking Christmas movies he watched? I guess more power to you, duh. Hey. I guess I, more power I, to I you, I respect though. it. I mean, it's wild how much that man bullshit watches. Bullshit that man watches. I yes. didn't say bullshit. E-Doc saying bullshit. Because you know I'm not <laughs> watching fucking Christmas time prowler. I, I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. Sorry. But I respect it. I wish I could watch a bunch of bullshit that was really bad. Sure. But I try. I'm <laughs> just kidding, Shane. Um, I try not to. So, Shane, please watch Tammy and the T-Rex and tell us what you think. I'm trying to figure out what that was that I watched from Leprechaun. It was... Okay. It was First Reformed. Oh, okay. Uh, the, Good movie. Yeah. What's that guy's Ethan name? Hawk uh, and... Oh, God. The motherfucker wrote Taxi Driver. Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader, yeah. Uh, I was watching all those fucking Leprechaun films, and I think after... Uh, I watched Leprechaun... Oh, Eric's got a Charlie horse, and... Baby Tank is freaking out. I'll, I'll continue while while this is all going on. Uh, I, I watched Leprechaun 4 in space, and it almost, I, I think it took me six viewings to finish. And when I did, I said, I need to actually watch a good movie because uh, Leprechaun films are not that good, especially that fourth film. I watched it, and uh, First Reform's awesome. But Eric has a Charlie horse, so we will be right back. Got to drink more water, Ida. Okay, now I can hear myself. Yes. What, did you do something different? I did nothing. I think you're just going insane. Okay, so uh, I was talking Tammy and T-Rex. Yeah, I, I feel before like, he got a Charlie horse. Yes. We're me, back. Just me, like we said we'd be back. I guess the Tammy and the T-Rex gods decided to uh, smite me. Yes. Um, I feel like I got nothing else other than E-Dog didn't like it. Yeah, I want to see it because there was this big hay made about it coming out, but now I'm definitely not. If you said it sucks, fuck it. Yeah. Um, and there's something more... Uh, I'll add about Tammy and the T-Rex off pod. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So what else you got, G? Well, I think I've got, let's see. Well, I could talk underwater. Please do. Okay. So Edoc saw like the first hour. Yeah. Well, underwater. then you saw most of it. Okay. So underwater, uh, I liked it and I was going to call it cool because it's not great. It's not the greatest movie ever, but I it's feel like you're starting to, Okay. Oh, I really liked it. Oh, cool. Um, you know, it's Kristen Stewart on an underwater drilling rig. Um, this is basically the Cloverfield origin film. Uh, it even stars such Cloverfield alums as John Gallagher and TJ Miller. Correct. On a drilling platform in the Mariana Trench, and they awaken something. And it's like, wow, huh. Like, it's exactly what the Clo- like a Cloverfield movie should have been. And it's not. It's a universal film. It has nothing to do with Cloverfield, but it's very similar. You've got Kristen Stewart uh, looking in the mirror a little bit at the beginning of the film, and then just the entire platform blows the fuck up at the bottom of the ocean. Right. And you're now on a race to survive. 
and there's, you know, uh, confined space, uh, scenes, there's, uh, monsters afoot. Um, and you know, a, a big part of the film and a big part of the marketing is like, they have to get to another area that they can only get to by walking on the bottom of the ocean. Right. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. That's a big like set piece of the film. And ultimately, uh, you know, I just thought it was like really well made. It's not great, but the CGI is like good enough. Like I, I was waiting for everything to look terrible and it never did. Like the set design, the way their suits look. Yeah, I that, thought their suits looked really cool. Like it yeah. made me think of like Halo or Doom. Yeah. Or Alien, which is right. another comparison. Um, this is not Alien, but it had similar looks. And it's easy to think Alien if you think underwater, right? And uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, I think if I had to pick a very similar film that came out like last year, or the year before, was Life. And Life, it takes place in space, but it's very similar, like oh, extremely similar. And I almost think I like life more. I, you know, I only saw life one time, but I remember like really digging it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I it's, really like it. It's life. a monster in space film. Yeah. And a bunch of actors, like an ensemble cast type right. film. It was Ryan Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal, right? And Rebecca Ferguson's in okay. that too. Um, and I almost think I liked life more, but this is more just insane. And it kind of sucks that like people didn't go see it, didn't make any money because it's like this is why... This is not the same statement as Crawl, which Crawl is why I go to the movies. But, like, this is why we should go to the movies, to see stuff like Underwater. Right. Like, big, crazy shit that's just a blast and you leave. You know what I mean? Like, that's... And and it, it almost feels like a film that'll get found on Netflix, which kind of sucks. Right. Because um, I had a blast with it. Uh, it's not insanely well acted. It's not insanely well shot. It's not insanely well spoken there's not great dialogue there's almost no characters i mean they're all just basically archetypes and then the whole thing blows up um but i kind of like that because it's just like fuck it like we've got monsters underwater and shit's exploding and you need to walk across the bottom of the ocean um i really enjoyed it really really liked underwater um there's a final i'm not going to spoil the film but there's a final confrontation at the end uh, when you finally get the film gets bigger than it feels and that was very exciting. Uh, as a monster fan, I really enjoyed the ending of this film. I was and, awake for that. Yeah, that was awesome. And it's not like, again, it's the very end of the film. You know, this is not a Cloverfield movie. But it was just cool to like, wow, like this is in theater. And like, just they just said, fuck it. Like, right. it's a huge, like, yeah, I enjoyed Underwater a lot. Cool. Um, again, this is would not win Oscars. This is not, like, it's funny because it's like, oh, well, is it as good as something like Cloverfield? No, because Cloverfield has characters that you care about. And so we've talked a lot about that. Like that's why Cloverfield ascends past something like this. This does not have characters you care about. This does not have dialogue you care about, but it's a blast. Um, so yeah, that's underwater. I really liked it. Uh, Kristen Stewart's cool in it. And TJ Miller's fun. I love John Gallagher. Uh, Vincent Cassell is in it. Um, um, was he the like leader of the ship? Leader yeah. of the rig? I mean, yep. Okay. And anyway, so that's underwater. Eric, what's your next thing? Cool. Go see it. Go see underwater, please. If you're a horror fan, it's it's a blast. It's made for us, and no one went and saw it. Uh, I guess since you spoke underwater, uh, I'll speak with. Uh, I'll keep the January theatrical horror film uh, idea going with The Grudge, uh, which I skipped. Uh, you know, I was going to be honest. I, I did not see The Grudge. Uh, excuse me. I've never seen the original Grudge. I guess. Oh wow. I guess there's three films, and yeah, the third one's even an American video. remake. And I guess the guy who did the OG Grudge even did the American remake. Is this correct? 
I mean, there's an American remake. Like, there's Juwan, and then there's The Grudge, right. which is the same type of film. But that's the Sarah Michelle Gellar Grudge, and I've seen Grudge 2 with Sarah. She's in it for a minute. And then Grudge 3 is like a direct to D, direct VOD like sequel. So E Dog went into the Grudge completely blind. E Dog, did, did, did not, you ever see? Did you? I have to ask. I've never seen the Grudge. Dog, I've never seen fucking Wreck. I've did, never seen did fucking you see, the Ring. Nah, maybe I've seen the American Ring. That's what I was gonna ask you. Did you? See, I didn't see Rings. God damn it, Eric. That's what I'm trying to ask you. <laughs> did you see Rings? Is I did not see Gore Verbinski's or however you pronounce his fucking last name's Rings. He did not direct Rings. He directed the first The Ring oh, okay. with Naomi Watts. But no, I was just gonna ask you if you saw Rings because. Um, I was really excited for that, and that was the most boring two hours of my really? life. You know what I'm the gonna, most boring two hours of my life. You know what I'm. You know what I am going to watch one film for our next episode: The Cure for Wellness. Doc. Okay. Okay. Was that Gore Verbinski? That was. Okay. What a film! Three hours of nothing. I don't know who Gore Verbinski is. I'm just. I don't even know. If I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing he, his name right. You are, and his he directed the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay. He also directed uh, Rango. Rango, the yeah. the Johnny Depp animated. Western? That's correct. Okay. E-Dog likes Westerns. E-Dog likes Gorvabinsky. <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to do the Bioshock movie like a million years ago? That's not going to happen? Yes. Okay. So E-Dog is going in blind on the grudge. E-Dog doesn't Flying know. blind. E-Dog doesn't know what the grudge is, but I do know that Sam Raimi has something to do with it, and that trailer looked cool. I agree. Right? So I only didn't go see it because I wasn't able to go that opening weekend. And, and so you're just like, fuck it, it all, I can't no, go at all? It all came out that it was horrible. I thought, well, why waste my time? Right. I went and saw Rise of Skywalker again instead of seeing The Grudge. Oh, interesting. So how many times have you seen Rise of Skywalker now? Four? Okay. So The Grudge is... And I'm planning on seeing it tomorrow in Roswell. Really? I'm going to try to go tomorrow, yeah. Why Roswell? Uh, Did we don't already leave Carlsbad? Yeah, we don't have it. Just they do. Okay. Roswell, New Mexico, where the aliens are. Eric, go ahead. Okay. So The Grudge is uh, about this woman. Uh, okay. I'm talking about the 2020 American Grudge. Nicholas Pesci. Correct. This, keep, yeah. This is The Grudge E-Dog is talking about. Lin Shay Grudge. At the start of the film, this woman, uh, she's in Japan, and she has some type of curse on her, and she decides to travel back to America. She travels to this house, and the house that she lives in, there's a murder. Uh, people and throughout the film, people who associate with this house are involved in some type of murder. And we learn it's because this lady who was cursed brought back the curse and now the house is cursed. So there's a detective played by Demian Bruchere. Did I pronounce his name right? I, I don't know. Uh, he, John Cho's in this, right? John Cho is in this and E-Dog loves John Cho. Me too, yeah. Um, as well as Liberty Bell from Glow. Um, their husband and, and wife, Shea. and their husband and wife in this, and so um, this is sad. I don't want to call it a haunted house film because it's not like there's moments where it's, it's like it's not the house that's haunted, right? It's your son, right? But there's moments. It's like the house is cursed, not haunted. I if, if there's a fucking difference, yeah. I'm trying to say. By the is. way, your your tweet about my house. You said Bill Wilkins. That, that was very funny. Right. Well, there's this fucking customer on my route. He won't put his name on his mail. 1407 West Church. My name is Bill Wilkins. Instead, he puts my house on it. So every time I fucking have mail for this asshole, I think Bill Wilkins are you going to do it too? My house. So okay. Um, I hope we didn't just blow your speakers. I hope we did. Fuck you. So, um, 
it's, the grudge. It's it almost feels anthology ish hmm. in that. So the film jumps from these different people who associate with the house. Okay, and so it's like here's John Cho's story. Here's Lynn Shay's uh, story. Here's this other detective story. Do they come together at the end? Uh, no. The only thread is that they all went in. They, that they all walked into this house. Like if this bitch wouldn't have walked, if none of them have walked into the house, they wouldn't have been cursed. Okay. I hope that's not a spoiler. And it was just like real tedious. There is some violence. There is some gore, but it doesn't make up for the strain of how long was it that I felt. I'm assuming just 90 minutes. Okay. Um, that was the problem with rings. Uh, so I reviewed rings on the podcast. It was over two hours long and it was fucking rings. Da. I, I almost don't want to like bad mouth the grudge, which I already did. Right. Uh, like I almost feel like you should have gone. Other people who okay. didn't go should have. I, I heard, I, I heard it suck. I, I, and it kind of does. It, it's almost like not cause it's bad. Sure. In terms of like filmmaking, it's bad because it's boring, which may did be it, an even worse sin. Did it feel pointless? Uh, not really. I mean, we're trying to see if people can escape this curse. Sure. Um, can I I'll talk t- rings for a second? Sure. Go ahead. Can I? Can, let me conclude. No. Okay. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> uh, uh, I, so I guess I'm just gonna say like, uh, it was boring, but it didn't suck. If that makes okay. any sense. Right, okay. Right. Please talk rings, Doc. Well, no. The only thing I was going to say was I got excited watching rings because there was this really exciting idea of, of the ring video being shared online. Okay. And there were people that were like, um, there was like a underground forum that like was trying to uncover the mystery of the ring video. Okay. And I thought, oh shit, this is like the way in for now. Like this is how you make a sequel to the ring. Right. You call it rings and it's about the it's internet contemporary. and viral and you share it. And then it just wasn't about that at all. That just moved on. The guy that was doing that died and that was it. And then they, it's, I'm not kidding. An hour more of stuff. That's not that after that. In, and I was, fu- it was fuck that movie in any of the rings is the misfit song TV casualty found. I don't know. Well, that's a ball. They dropped. I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Okay. What else you got? G? Or I you got, want me to keep talking. No, I got a couple rewatches. Let's get to the... I want this to be a segment. Kiki rewatches. Yes. Because Kiki loves rewatching shit. Kiki don't want to watch nothing new. No. Kiki wants to rewatch shit. I wanted to rewatch Ari Aster's Midsommar. Hey, this is going to be on my list. Yeah, me too. So I'm not going to talk it a lot, but I did rewatch it with my... and I, I So I showed it to my brother and his wife, Sabra. Okay. Shout out. What's up, guys? And uh, just further cemented, uh, I really, really like Midsummer. I'll leave it at that uh, for my rewatch. good, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Eric, I know I don't fucking care. What about that? Do you care? Do you, what about that? I would say I don't care either, but I'm going to pronounce it. I don't like the way you're smiling. It's you you so look far. like a sadistic man. Okay, and that's apart from the way you're smiling. Okay, so I'm going to talk. Uh, Severin's the Night Killer. Go ahead, Eric. This is uh, going to fuck up this name. Real and this quick is where you. you would say to me, and I'm going to shit back and not listen. This is uh, Claudio Fergasi for Gershi for for Fabio Frizzi. Uh, he Americanized his name, or somebody did, as Clyde Anderson. That I can pronounce. Uh, this is the motherfucker who did, like, Troll 2 and, like, Zombie 4. So it's, like, that strain of film, which is fun. Okay. You know, there's going to be some titties. It's going to make me horny at some point. There's some gore. This is what I like. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, sounds it's, like a, it sounds like a home run. It's not a good film, but, like... You're going to give me violence? You're going to get me so horny? Okay, we can do Italian this. this is an Italian production? This is an Italian production. So the women production. are very beautiful. With the titties just flopping yep, out? Yep. Okay. 
So, uh, The Night Killer is about a woman who's attacked. There's a serial killer, Loose. And he wears this creepy mask. At first, I thought it was a monster. E-Dog, Loose in the Park. But it turns out it's just a mask. And he has this uh, gloved, sharpened gloved that he uses to kill women. Um, A woman he attacks uh, suffers amnesia. And then the killer kidnaps her. But she doesn't realize that she has been kidnapped by this man who has attacked her. Got it. Okay. So throughout that the, sounds fun. So throughout the rest of the film, there's like the inept police. There's all these like news segments that it cuts to. It's like it's like a news crew like running down the street to uh, reveal the latest update on this case of the serial killer um, as they try to solve who is the night the killer. night killer. Yeah. Um, if you're like an e dog and you like Italian sleaze, yes. Hey, two thumbs up from Edo. So it's not terrible because a lot of these... I gave like, it a one and a half stars on Letterboxd because it's not like a good film. So it is terrible. But it, I enjoyed watching it. Okay. Was it as good as... Uh, was was it worse than... Hang on. The dance uh, giallo... Uh, what's that fucking movie called? Murder, Murder Rock? Rock? Was it oh, as good as that? I would rather watch The Night Killer... Good. Oh, that's Rock. a good thing because Murder Rock isn't good. Uh, funny that I just said that The Grudge is a good movie but boring. Yeah. And, and then I just said The Night Killer is a bad movie but entertaining. Yeah. I guess you just like what you like. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the whole point of this podcast, Eric. Right. You just figured right. that out? Shit. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Right, now, should I keep going? I got one more thing. It's keep a rewatch. Going. I only got three more. I rewatched Krampus. Thank, thank God you rewatch Krampus, Doc. Please, I love Cra- I love Krampus. I love, Doc. I'm upset that I let a uh, Christmas season go by without rewatching. That's why it. I rewatched it, man. I love right, it. It's awesome. Me, not not a whole lot to say. Tony Collette is amazing in it. Uh, I really like Adam Scott. Love Adam Scott. Um, it's a blast. I love that character actor. I can never remember his name. That's just like the asshole uncle. He's basically playing the cousin Eddie. Sure. Um, I love him. You know who you're talking about? Drawing a blank on the name. Yeah. Uh, I, I I really like Krampus. Um, I wish it went a little further in some places. I wish it was more mean-spirited than it is. Sure. Um, but we do o- literally see a child eaten. I wish it was more mean-spirited okay, than I, it I, is. I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> but, I'm not um, arguing with you. But I do think this is a blast, and I love Michael Doherty. Um, and so, you know, this is just the place to say I love Krampus. Uh, rewatch it every year, and that's it. Krampus is awesome. Agreed. And that was Michael Doherty's Krampus. Eric, what's your next thing? Okay, last thing. I I got three more. I finally watched Gaspar Noe's Climax. Yeah. The amazing camera work. Really? Um, amazing Have dance. you seen Enter the Void? I have not seen Enter the Void. You've never? Oh, wow. I've okay. never seen Enter the Void. But you saw Irreversible. I've seen Irreversible. Okay. Enter uh, the Void's fucking amazing. Uh, amazing dance choreography. Is this what Suspiria 2019 should have been? 2018, whatever that movie is. Nope. Um, I don't know what the fuck was going on in this movie, duh. It, it felt it felt anticlimactic. Okay, so what happens is they're all getting faded and somebody spikes their alcohol, so they all start going crazy. Right. It never feels that desperate. Really? Yeah. Um, so I didn't care for story direction. Okay. But everything else was really cool from, like, the lighting to these dance numbers would go on for a minute, and, like, I was okay with it. I was like, keep giving it to me. Like, this is some wild-ass shit you're doing with this fucking twirling-ass cinematography right now. I would almost say watch it for this bullshit, not watch it for its genre 
Elements. Ideas. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll never fucking watch this fucking movie. Yeah. Again. I liked so it. I, I don't give a shit about it. I really like Gaspar No. I started following him because of Irreversible, and his follow-up was Enter the Void. Okay. And so me and all my buddies sat down in my dorm room in college uh, at New Mexico State and watched Enter the Void. Please tell me you were getting faded at the same time. No. Not yet. Um, but it, Enter the Void is fucking awesome. Okay. But you have to be awake and prepared to just go on a journey, and it's a it's amazing. Do you have Jack's house pre-ordered? Yes. Oh, nice. The house that Jack built, yes. Did you see that the Golden Glove is coming to Shutter on February 10th? I don't know what that is. Okay, it's a serial killer movie that apparently is super fucked up that came out last year. Okay. And I'm super excited to finally get to see it. I'm really excited about the house that Jack built. Um, as as always with those films, I'm con- I, o- I always get concerned. I hope this isn't too fucked up for fucked up's sake. I like mean spirited fucked up stuff. You but want a story? I like it to have a purpose. Sure. And so we'll find out. That comes in, I think, February fourth uh, or something like that. Very soon. Right. I pre-ordered it because I saw it came with a slip cover. Oh, nice. So I pre-ordered it. Uh, you guys got two more? I don't, I don't think we're really Lars von Trier guys, though. Are we? I don't know for Lars von Trier guys. I, I've never seen Antichrist. Have you seen Melancholia? I have not seen Christian Dunst. Dunst? Yeah. Melancholia. Melancholia is really good. Uh, that That's my Lars von Trier film. Okay, so this next one I got. A very naked Christian Dunst. Hey, turn it up, G! Yeah. <laughs> okay, this next one E-Dog liked a lot. Okay. But it's not making E-Dog's list. Uh, I watched it for consideration of my list. Uh, this is currently available on Shutter, and I'm talking about. Uh, I believe his name is Jordan Downey's Jordan Downey, uh, the Headhunter. Oh yeah, big deal right now. Okay. I, I I've not seen it, but go okay. ahead, Eric. This movie. Tell us about the Headhunter. Looks like it was made for about seventy five dollars, but that's a compliment. Like, how did you fucking accomplish that? I, I just did the fucking I just did the gritting teeth emoji when he no, said no 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 this, no that's that's like a good thing like holy hell like how did that guy s- stretch seventy five dollars so it's about this motherfucker I don't know what the time period is I'm gonna say medieval and it's about this motherfucker who kills monsters and every time he kills a monster he decapitates it makes a stake uh shoves the stake on his wall and then impels the head on his wall. So he has a collection of various monsters' heads. Okay. Uh, one way they get around production costs, we don't ever see one of these fights. Okay. It's often him going off screen. Maybe we hear a roar, a scream. And his driving motivation is he once had a daughter, but a monster killed her. And like that's his sole purpose in life now is to kill the monster that killed his daughter. Okay. Okay, so the first, let's say, 30 minutes of this film, he's battling monsters off screen. But we will often see him return fucked up. He'll have a you know a fucked up gash on his shoulder, on his face, and he's made this uh, substance, this nasty-ass-looking shit that he keeps under lock and key uh, that he rubs on uh, his wounds... And he'll pass out. And when he wakes up, they're like 90% healed from this like magical, gross-ass substance. Okay. So I'm going to kind of travel into spoiler territory, but I need to like hook you guys. Okay. I need a you know, fish, Slight spoilers for the headhunter. Right. In order to... Skip ahead 30 seconds. If, to, it, to attract you guys. Yeah. If you have not yet seen the headhunter. 
he finally meets um, the monster. The monster that's yeah. killed his daughter kills the monster, decapitates it. But the gross ass substance that heals him is not kept under lock and key when he brings the head back, and that shit falls on the head. Oh, nice! And the head comes back to life. And then I'll just leave you there. Okay. Um, really great, and it's like seventy minutes long. Nice. This was a breezy imaginative easy breezy cover girl great monster movie this was very cool nice okay i'll have to check it out because i still have a month of shutter that is where you'll find it sir yeah and that was that uh the headhunter nice available on shutter uh e-dog's got one more i'm ready uh this is called in fabric okay this is a a24 film uh this is from the the motherfucker you may need to fact check me here who did uh Berbian Sound Studio? Berberian Sound Studio? Berberian? 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 Neanderthal? Um, To just like break it down super simply, it's about a haunted dress. Okay. Okay. Whoever puts on this dress, bad shit happens. Okay. Okay. And for the first hour, uh, it's about this woman who's suffering um, uh, with this dress. Okay. And she's got other characteristics that kind of make us care about her, such as like she's kind of got like a shit job. Uh, her home life kind of sucks because she's got a shitty son. Is and this uh, contemporary? Is this modern? This feels mo- – this it's set present day. Okay. But it might, it may have well been a giallo from the, from the 60s. Like, okay. Like the lighting. Like, like that's, it's, that's how I would describe it, a, a modern giallo. Um, but something happens to her. And we're then introduced to new characters. We're then introduced to somebody who um, now has to contend with the dress. And I was just so fucking invested in this first woman that I just lost it for the second half of this film. And I ultimately didn't give a shit about it. Really? Yeah. And I feel like it's just because, like, uh, I the it couldn't grab me the way this first half of the film did. Um, it's kind of a wacky concept, and it works uh, in the film, but... Uh, it, I guess it's a wacky concept that feels, uh, I guess, limited to me. You can present it to me with this with this woman, but then when you're trying to shove it to me on somebody else, now I've lost interest. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I ultimately didn't like it because of that. Wow. Um, but if the idea of a haunted dress and a modern gylo sounds cool to you, I would say check out In Fabric. It sounds cool, but you're saying the climax didn't do it for you. The last half of the film you have to suffer through an hour. Wow. Yeah. First half, though, E-Dog was like, holy shit, this is cool. And that was. Uh, in How did you watch this? Um, I vi- I rented it from the Microsoft store. I forget how I found it, but like I was just trying to watch films from 2019. Okay. Well, hell yeah. And I think that concludes our what we've been watching. Our what we've been watching segment of the podcast. Yeah. And before I hate to make you talk more, but before we get to our topic, which is our top ten of twenty nineteen, yes, I'm really excited to finally talk our top ten. Like you know how you say that and you're lying, right? I'm really excited. I actually really am excited to talk these films. But first, we have to do a little segment that we like to call Eric Coffin's Territudes. Eric Coffin's Territudes. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. A fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Uh, nah. Take it away, Eric. All right. Okay. So E Dog's going to do his top five favorite horror punk albums of 2019 for this episode. 
and I'm looking at this list dot and like one. How did so many fucking horror punk albums come out? That's what I ask every time you do these. I'm like, how? Where are these bands coming from? Well, you, you know, last year your brother like made fun of that. Yeah, like two years ago. Shout out, Ben. Yeah, so he I was, wants to come on the pod and defend his crawl take. Fuck him, nah. He's sealed his fate. He hates crawl. It's over. Yeah. So I remember last year I did a top ten just because like I could. Yeah. Now, now this year I'm only doing five, but I could have done like a top twenty this year. That's there, insane. There's dog. just that much horror. Punk? I, I listen to like two new albums a year. You listen that to crazy, dog. That's not like I'm always. Go, I always feel like I'm going through a musical drought. I always need some new tunes to jam to. I've got a large confession to make, and I can't believe I'm gonna say it on the 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 pod. I have so many jokes that I will go ahead. Eric. I've already brought it up, so I feel like I've already dug this hole. I gotta say it. E dog really, really, really <laughs> likes. That little Nas X song, Panini. Okay. Oh, yeah. So. Hey, Panini. Why? Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to do honorable mentions first. And number one is Lil Nas X, Panini. <laughs> yeah. So, going down the line on my honorable mentions. Number one, Doomsdale High, Alive from Doomsdale High. Now, remember, I'm just doing honorable mentions. This isn't E-Dog's top five. I guess I shouldn't number honorable mentions. Okay. Okay. My next honorable mention is. Silent Horror, Silver Screen, Meteor King, Sam Hain, We Rain, Dirty Dead, Nocturnal Emissions, and the Mutant Members Only Club, Just Another Doo-Wop Meltdown. Okay, let's get to that top five. I know you guys are waiting. All right. Number five, E-Dog's fifth favorite horror punk album of 2019 is The Twilight Creeps, Along Came a Spider. Number four, Chainsaw Fight, Murder Party. Number three, The Horoscopes, Beware of the Moon. Okay, now the the next two, one and two. Can I guess? Uh, you can, but I'm just gonna briefly say they're interchangeable. Both okay. of these albums are so good. Okay, but I ultimately decided for what one to be was because I had a personal experience with this band. Okay, so can I guess what your number two is? You can guess what my number two is. Ice Nine Kills. Uh, they did not have a new album in. Oh, that was 2019. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was 2018. Okay, I don't know. I don't listen to. I horror saw punk that dog. the singer. The singer, on, uh, the singer, the singer, the singer. I watched the masked singer. I sh- I saw that. Uh, fucker. By the way, Eric still pays for every album that he listens to. The most baffling thing I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't have Apple Music. He buys them on iTunes. Uh, the last ass, the last ass nine. Uh, yeah, the Silver Scream that came out twenty eighteen. Yeah, I saw that he was on uh, yeah. Shockwaves. He was really good on Shockwaves. Was he? Okay, yeah. cool. He talks just like. Because I was like, eh, I don't really care about the music. And then he talked about, like, it was basically just a horror conversation. So I like that. Okay. Eric, what's your number two? Okay. Uh, Bloodsucking Zombies from Outer Space, All These Fiendish Things. And my number one uh, is The Jasons, uh, Blood in the Streets. Uh, Blood. If you listen to the pod, then you already know what my personal experience was uh, with this band. In the streets. Uh, there is so many good songs on this album that I'm just going to go with the title track. Here is Blood in the Streets.
Okay, and that was E Dogs top five. Great song, wonderful song. Uh, favorite of the year, brilliant song. Uh, that was E Dogs top five favorite horror punk albums of 2019. And this concludes another episode of Eric Coffin's Terratudes. Eric Coffin's Terratudes. A fuck, fuck you, you E Dog. Fuck you. And a fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Okay. <clears throat> and now, I think it's time for our feature presentation, which will be our top 10 horror films of 2019. Hit it. All right, Eric, I'm very excited about this. These are my favorite episodes to record every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it might partially be why I was like, Ida, let's record today. Because I was like, fuck, man, let's do our 2019 list. This is my I'm favorite. Surprised you hit me up. It's favorite episode to months. do. I know, and I kind of did it shittily. It's like you're, you're one day off. I'm like, hey, Dad, let's record on your yeah. one day off. Yep, yep. But uh, you said yes, and here we are. And I'm very excited. So the first thing that I feel like we need to do in our top 10 of 2019 is talk the year as a whole for horror. Okay. What do we think of 2019 as a whole? I'm kind of confused by this question because every year I say that we had a great year for horror. I feel this. I feel the same way about this year. But earlier in the pod, you said you didn't think this was a good year for horror. Yeah, I feel like last year was way better, and I feel like the year before was way better. I feel like, like I said, I had about ten films, and that was like it. There was stuff around my ten films I liked, like like things like Bliss, um, but there wasn't more. I just look at this list, and I'm like, holy shit, now there's fire. But there's ten films. Where I feel like years past, there was like extra stuff I couldn't even fit in on the list. Okay. I still think it was a good year. Like the 10 films are good, but I don't think there's more than that. But I think it was fine. I mean, Eric, what do you th- So you do think it was a good year for Yeah, you? I had a blast with these horror films. Like some of these films on this list, like. Um, you're going to yell at me for my number nine, but we'll get to that. You're going to yell at me for my number nine. Awesome. So our number nine, uh, look forward to that. Okay. So, like, just for example, obviously on my list is Crawl. What? <laughs> Sure. Just kidding. And uh, the other day, uh, I was uh, I was just talking to my supervisor, and we we're talking films. And I'm like, "You have to watch Crawl." You know, like I'm championing yeah. these films to people who probably don't give a fuck totally. about Crawl. You know, that's how much I like these films. Yeah. And I think our number one. Uh, well, I don't know what your number one is. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. I know what my number one is. Everybody else probably does. I'm not gonna say it. I, I don't have Doctor Sleep. Okay. Well, I haven't watched it yet. We'll get I to slept that. through it. We'll get to that. I haven't pre-ordered. We'll get to that. I'm excited for the director's We'll cut. get to that. Okay. So, uh, no, my number one is probably pretty obvious. So we, let's not say the name until we get there. Okay. But um, I think that film is so fucking good. Like, that elevates the year for me where just, I just, it's so good. But we will get to our list. Part of me wants to look at your phone, but I'm not going to. No. So, uh, I think we should do some honorable mentions first. Let's do some honorable mentions. We and we're going to fi- yeah. raffle them off. Just we'll find bang, them bang, off. bang, 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 bang. So, do you want to do one first? I'll do an honorable mention first. It's a film we just fucking talked. Bliss. I agree. Um, I actually didn't put it really on my honorable mentions, but it is. I mean, I like that movie. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a fucking bummer, man. Fuck, man. Fuck, man. I just need some... some I need bliss, man. I need to score, man. Did she she get turned into a vampire because that dude was eating that other girl's butt and then they were kissing? Hi, mom. Yeah, I think so. I mean, so that's like vampire by butt eating? Hey, worst ways to go. <laughs> worst ways you could go. Okay, um, okay maybe Bliss is making the list. No, I'm kidding. So that was Bliss. Yes. What uh, an honorable, honorable mention for me. Honorable mentions, G. Okay, so I have a honorable mention that you won't see coming. 
Um, I don't think it's that great, but it was fun. And it's Annabelle Comes Home. It's not that good. I agree. I was not super into it. But you know what? I, it was good enough. Annabelle come home comes home should work for me, but it yeah. just doesn't. G me I, either. I gave it a revisit. You know, there's the the sentimental moments. There's the moments of finding your strength. Like I'm a sucker for all that me shit. Too. But like, I don't think doesn't it's work for me. That well directed. That's why. The movie like, just didn't work. David for me. Sandberg did Annabelle Creation, and that's like a powerhouse director. And who I think it I don't even remember who did this Michael Chavez or no it's the fucker Gary Doberman oh Doberman yeah he's a uh, you know he looks uh, uh, never mind Doberman I was gonna make a Doberman joke like a dog it's not funny anyways it's just a quick honorable mention I don't love that film whatsoever but I did like it enough and that's Annabelle comes home okay Eric another one uh, another one for me uh, you know this movie kind of isn't good. And I almost feel like I'm saying it because I'm such a fan of Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. I made sure to roll them R's. Guillermo. Uh, scary Stories Tell Dark. He didn't He didn't direct. Sure. It was uh, Andre Ugoslavia. Over I, a doll. I, I, <laughs> I, I, his name didn't even come to mind, but I just knew I was going to mispronounce it anyway. So sure. I thought I'm just going to speak gibberish. Uh, I was bored by that film, so it did not make anything on my list. Uh, I wouldn't say I was bored, but that story just falls apart for me. The con- yeah. The, the conclusion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember watching it and being like, oh, shit, this is sick. And then I revisited it, and I was like, ah, I'm going to tone it down a notch. But it's an honorable mention for me. I guess the way you feel about Annabelle Comes Home, yeah. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is uh, for me. I think that that's perfect like comparison because I thought Scary Stories was good. It just didn't work for me for whatever reason. And I thought Annabelle Comes Home isn't that great, but it worked for me enough. I don't know. It's an honorable mention. Okay. It's definitely not on my top ten. So another honorable mention, you hated. Oh. I really liked. Lay it on me. Joe Hill's In the Tall Grass. Oh, fuck this movie. I liked it a lot. I had a blast with it. I love stuff like this. Um, we're not going to get into it. Based on the Joe Hill, Stephen King's son book called In the Tall Gla- Grass. I enjoyed it. Um, I was surprised that you didn't like it as much as you did. I was very surprised. In the Tall Grass. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Again, it's a film you click play on, enjoy, and then never think about again. But for that, it made my honorable mentions. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, Another film that we've already discussed, Sweetheart, is an honorable mention. Same here. Same here. So I've got another one. I think this came out this year. Okay. And you you might be like, Dot didn't. I think think it was available for us to see this year. It was Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. Oh, mine too. I think that's this year. Yeah, I saw it. Okay. In June at, yeah. at the draft house. So I, that's an honorable mention. Mine too. Um, I really liked that movie. I literally had no issue with the whole, I, I like, I don't want to say I loved it. I, there's nothing wrong with this movie whatsoever. It's good. It just isn't like my favorite thing of the year, but I liked it a lot. Uh, and I like Adam driver and, uh, E dog loves zombie movies. Yeah. Uh, zombie movies is my, uh, favorite sub genre. I, I like how pointless it feels, but it also kind of feels so pointless. It's not going to make my list. Um, my nitpick with it is that it breaks Romero rules and I feel like I need to forgive. I need to let that go. Yeah. I think you do too. Uh, but ultimately it is a zombie movie with fucking Larry Fessenden. Yep. Of course I liked it. If there was a biggest ball dropped of 2019, it was that Larry Fessenden and Riza didn't share a scene together in that film. Yes. You, you, you said that last time we talked about this and I still feel the same way. You got another one. I do. Larry Fessenden's depraved. Why don't I like this movie? I mean, I know I like it. It's on my list, but like, I thought this is Edog's fucking number one when I watched it. Yeah. I mean, that was my mentality going in that I just wanted to fucking love this movie. And I watched it again. I gave it another shot. 
and I like I've been like seeing where like other people are jocking it, and they're like, uh, I'm reading what themes they read into, and I'm just like, I didn't get any of that. Sure, like, I don't know why it didn't slay with me. It should have. It's fucking Larry Festin's Frankenstein. Yeah, it just. But I like it, but it just didn't. Uh, like I said, slay with me. I didn't see it, but uh, it's on I, Hulu. I'm shocked that you don't like it more because it's Fessenden. Right. That's all my honorable mentions. I've got two more. Lay mommy G. Uh, one of them is I just saw it, and I actually forgot. So we might have to talk this real quick. Fuck, I forgot to talk this at the top. Uh, Three from Hell. I finally mm. watched it. And this is an honorable mention. Yeah. So I was really surprised how much everybody hated and shit on this movie. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it could be that because I went into it having heard Low the conversation. Yeah. Um, I liked it a lot. I had no, like, I think at the beginning I was cringing because I thought I was like, ooh, Sherry Moon's obviously trying to be baby again. Didn't work at the beginning. But like the, the more the film went on, I like kind of settled back into our characters and I, re- I liked it. And I like Richard Brake a lot. You know, I like um, Richard Brake as well. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, ultimately, I don't think it's like, really good it's not like uh, that's what i was trying to tell my my brother like really liked it and i really? was and i was like well you know this is what i told him i said i said i like this film but it doesn't reach anything close to the you Devil's know rejects. the hysteria and pure cinema of when that girl runs out of the hotel wearing a flannel shirt and someone else, her boyfriend's face on her face and running and screaming into the to the highway and then getting hit by a fucking semi. Right. Um, you know, that's pure cinema to me. Yeah. That's, and that's this, this has kind of a chase scene like that, but it just felt more like it, it definitely felt cheaper. It definitely did not have the same gravitas. Um, it has the things that Rob zombie bothers me with where I feel like he gets lazy with this camera work and it's like, just point at it and shake the camera. Just, just sort of point in the room. And like, I feel like, at times his films are beautiful and then at times they're just a mess the way they're shot. And, uh, this has all of that. So I liked it. Um, I liked three from hell. I was really surprised everybody hated it. I liked it. And your last honorable mention, sir, you don't have anything to say about three from hell. Uh, I didn't like it at all. Uh, baby had some cool kills. Yeah. She had, she had, in fact, she had all of the best kills. Yeah. Uh, like when she kills that lady in that, like they're like in suburbia somewhere. Yes. That was just, the main chase I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, and then like, there's that part where she shoots that dude with an arrow through the head. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but she didn't like any of the rest of it. I, the way it culminates into like, Oh, we're going to fight this Mexican biker game. Eh. Like what the, yeah, it, it was, was fine. E dog wasn't buying it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I was surprised how everybody hated it. I liked it. I almost feel like maybe I should have watched just the arc cut. Even though it was four minutes less. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I would have liked it. I don't know. I, I To me, I Did feel... Did I say director's cut? I meant theatrical cut. To me, this is like, you know, this is sort of the... We get this a lot with legacy sequels and sequels that come like way too late. Maybe it's better not to make these things. Correct. And I feel like that the, every time we do this... Well, except for Dr. Sleep. Um, they're never good. Right. But I liked Three from Hell. I have one more honorable mention, and this is this actually is not an official Keegan honorable mention. This is a film that I forgot came out and actually was kind of fun. It's not actually a Keegan honorable mention, so don't yell at me. Uh, I just wanted to mention that Ma came out this year. Okay. That was a fun movie. Okay. I mean, I'll never watch it again. I don't want to own it. But I saw it in theater and had a good time. 
Can I do an unofficial E dog? Sure, honorable sure. mention. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't love that movie or anything, but it was fun. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go with Eli. Okay, I forgot your Bubble Boy movie. The Bubble Boy movie. That's yeah. right. It's a movie about you. Correct. <laughs> so, uh, so that I'm glad that we had unofficial honorable mentions. Yes. So those are our honorable mentions. Before we get to our list, uh, I wanted to throw out my favorite horror TV of the year. Okay. And uh, Chernobyl. It's Chernobyl. Yeah, that's it. That was it. Did you, Did you have a favorite blue? Ooh, good question. I have a favorite blue coming this year, April Fool's Day. Yeah. Um, did I when have does that drop? Uh, like right around April Fool's Day. Oh, cool. Um, I think it's like March twenty seventh. Dumb question. And also, freaking my bloody Valentine. Da da da. They posted. I did saw you the see cleanup. That? The cleanup. Yeah. They got. They scanned the whole unrated cut in four K. Da. Here's Holy a, shit! E dog's got a complaint. Oh, here we... God damn it. E-Dog has a complaint. I don't know who makes the decision for NECA to make these exclusive Shout Factory release toys, but why the fuck did they not do a Harry Warden? I wonder I wonder if there's a pre-existing rights issue with that. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. An 8-inch in the fucking gas mask and the fucking It's pickaxe. probably because that film is somehow owned by like Lionsgate, I think. I would have lost my mind yeah. if that could have been a toy. I can't wait. Those are my two most anticipated blues of the year. My Bloody Valentine and, more importantly for me, April Fool's Day. That's one of my favorite slashers of all time. I love that movie. You're not going to give a fuck. It's, January, it's Sunday, January 26th. And on Tuesday, January 28th, T6 comes out. And I can't wait for my fucking God copy. Damn, I forgot that I came out. I this can't wait for my fucking copy. Now, if you have that fucking movie on your list... uh I did. Oh, it no. Was, it was my number 10. No, not that film. Uh, if you have fucking Hellboy on your list, I'm going to leave. Just so you know. Well, this is going to be a short episode. I yeah. mean, this, this, <laughs> this, this episode's not going to have a conclusion, I guess. Uh, and in, I was thinking of doing Worst Horror of the Year. I couldn't think of anything that was like outwardly bad except for, and I don't think it's really horror, so I didn't do it. I think Hellboy is the worst horror movie of the year. Okay. Well, we, I can't wait to get to my list. So, with that being def- said, I've got some defend- de- de- defending to do. So, here a minute ago, uh, best TV of the year, watch Chernobyl. Have you seen it yet, Eric? I have not watched Chernobyl. So, you know how, like, I- I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, you know how you don't like watching people touch nasty things? Sure. Da. Your worst nightmare is Chernobyl. Should I? Your should, worst nightmare. Should I recommend Chernobyl to my mom? Oh, absolutely. Like, while we're waiting for yes. new episodes of The Outsider? Chernobyl is peak bleak TV. Peak bleak. That's correct. So, peak, I think bleak, with that, peak with that, who's going to go first? I'll go first. Go first, G. Sure. So, with that, it's time for our top 10 of 2019. Correct. We're finally doing it. Like I said with this list, I feel like these are the only 10 films I, li- I loved this year. And aside from these, there wasn't a lot else going on. Edog would like to put in a quick interjection. Okay. I did not revisit Knife Plus Heart or Tigers Are Not Afraid. And I feel like they may have made my list if I had, but I don't remember them enough, so they are not making this list. And like, I, di- I guess I didn't even include them in honorable mentions because I felt like they were so good, but because I couldn't remember them, they're not making my list. But those are two excellent films from 2019. So they're like... Keegan's, number 10. <laughs> uh, so my number... just tries to get this shit moving For along. Sure. My number 10, uh, I'm excited. My number 10 is not really a horror film. Okay. So there we go. Lords uh, of Chaos. 
No, nope. Uh, I didn't include that because it's not really. I don't really feel I like thought it's about horror. it, but there's some horrific stuff in it. Absolutely, and we talked it on the pod. But making a list, I had a hard time. In, I always have a hard time including stuff that's like not horror. Right. Like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is not going to be found here. I Correct. know. I know that everybody hates that movie. I I, I did think about it. But I no. I did too, but again, not really horror. So I don't. It's I don't not like, horror, but yeah. it's a monster movie. You know, it's a good point. Uh, my number 10 is not really a horror movie, but it is in the genre, and it's a sequel to a genre film. I'd like to remind people I gave my number one spot to Upgrade last year. Yeah, which so was not horror whatsoever. It's whatever you want, Da. Da, how excited are we for The Invisible Man, Da? I am so, Oh, my God. Give me February 28th I cannot now. wait, Da. I cannot I'm so excited. Wait. I got Sonic the Hedgehog on the 14th, and two weeks later, I went, I went to his house. He's not dead, and the dog's walking around. Duh. I can't wait. I'm so pumped, especially because it got rated R for like bloody violence. Absolutely, Dodd. Just yeah. bring it on. Fuck Dodd. yeah. My number 10 is Happy Death Day to You. Nice. So really like this movie. Um, you know, had it been horror, like this would probably be higher on my list. The fact, go ahead, Eric. You're going to find Happy Death Day to You on my list as sure. well. It's going to be a little higher, so I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna so, let you talk more. Yep. But upon three watches... Maybe four. I feel like we missed the idea of it not being horror. That slasher element stuff is there. It, it is. Um, just not enough for you to feel like it's horror. I just think it's Back to the Future. Um, that's what it feels like to me. I just remember the first and time thinking like this wasn't enough horror, but then upon every visit, I feel like, no, that stuff is there. I want to be clear. I'm not cri- I'm not criticizing the film for not being enough horror. Okay. I love this movie. I'm saying for my list, it, because it's not so much horror, I kind of just put it at my 10. Okay. Um, but no, I, lo- I love sci-fi. And this film is really more of a sci-fi film. And I love time loop stuff. I love stuff about like trying to talk to your, I mean, I'll just say it, t- trying to talk to your dead loved ones. I love that stuff because you get sure. the opportunity to speak to them again. Those things, I'm very sappy. I love stuff like that. And, and then these well done. The yes. way like that's yes. handled. And then I just love... These characters, for whatever reason, especially Tree, they're just so fun. And they're it, great. At a time when characters in films, especially at this size, are just thrown out the window, terrible, non-existent, this is just the exact opposite of that. I want to get into time travel misadventures with these kids. Yes, yes. And we're never going to get that third film because this film bombed for whatever reason. Oh, that's so disappointing. Which doesn't make sense because the first one we made so much money that's so and then the sequel bombs. But um, it's awesome. It was a great kickoff to the year. And I love Happy Death Day to you. Um, I, I read that, that Christopher Landon's gearing up to make a new film with Blumhouse, not related to with Happy Vince Death. Vaughn, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And so all I care is like somehow – Christopher Landon, like now I'm excited for his next film. Like I never expected this out of this franchise, but I absolutely love these two films. He did Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. But he also did like the good paranormal activity spinoff. Yes. But I'm just saying like from the Happy Death Day films, like I just didn't know how much I loved them until I rewatched Happy Death Day leading into To You and I just fell in love with that film. Like, absolutely love that first movie. Uh, I love the Happy Death Day. And then I saw Happy Death Day to you, and I was like, wow, they made an amazing sequel, and it bombed. So, um, you're gonna love f- Happy Death Day to you. You're going to find Happy Death Day to you uh, much higher on my list. Yes. Uh, but my number 10, if you're okay with me taking the reins. Nope. Is uh, Radio Silences, Ready or Not. Yeah, it's on my list, too. Uh, this is a film that I found very late. I didn't watch it until uh, The Blue. Yeah. You but watched the Disney Blue. I watched the Disney Blue, 
And uh, this is... I want to hear you talk ready or not, Doc, because you never talked to This is fun horror. Yeah. This is like... Uh, this is like good time horror. Can we just marry Sam Weaving? Like, holy shit. She's amazing. She's fantastic. Radio silence. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, I'm fucking done. There, there's even fun gore and violence. Absolutely. Um, if you don't know what Ready or Not's about, it's about a woman who marries into an incredibly rich family. They have a tradition where on uh, the wedding night, they play games. Uh, it could be a board game or it could be something like Ready or Not. And it turns out... Um, they're going to play hide and seek and the family is literally going to try to kill her. So she has to try to hide and survive the night, survive the night. And it's just like, there's laugh out loud moments. There's violence. These characters are fun. Like this is just like 90 minutes of theatrical enjoyment. Even though I didn't see it in the cinema. Uh, uh, this is just movie fun. Like this is why we watch films. Yeah. This is why I go to have a blast. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because, Ray, well, fuck, I have this on my list. You know what? Why don't I wait? Okay. Um, yeah. So you like Ready or Not? I it, it, it liked it so much, it made my top 10, sir. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do this. So Ready or Not, I saw the same day as Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Does that make more sense now? I saw Ready or Not first, and then I went and saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and I was just, like, bored by it. I, I suppose. Because 90 minutes of amazingness, and then I went and saw two a, hours of it. A blast. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't feel as strong hatred as you do. Oh, I, I would hate the film. I, I wouldn't even it. say hate uh, for Scary Stories of Telling Dark, but I, I understand where you're coming from for sure. Yeah. Maybe too bad you couldn't have done that in in reverse. Yeah, and then it would be interesting. It yeah. really would. I I just, Ready or Not ready or not is awesome. That's why I go to the movies. I feel like it's a treat for horror fans, Yeah, and I wish everyone would see it. Yeah. And, I'm, well, I mean, at least it's uh, recognized by those who did. For sure. Yeah, I feel like there's a consensus of... I have more to say, but you know what? Before I forget, in case we get to mine and I forget to say it, um, my biggest thing, and I and I kind of wanted to ask you about this, I think Ready or Not would be like one of the best horror movies the last 10 years if if we hadn't seen Your Next. What do you think about that? It is so similar to the structure of Your Next and even like the way it's shot looks and some of the like jokes and how it's kind of jokey for horror fans. Mm-hmm. Like... It's so similar to your next. I was like, "Fuck, man! I wish if your next didn't exist, I feel like we would we would think Ready or Not's even better." That's a that's a fantastic question. And did I, you I, think I, about your next the whole time you were watching it? I the obvious comparisons. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you, but if I had to pick the, from the two, I would go your next. Me, me too. And that, I I feel bad saying that. Me too, because your next is one of my favorite. Well, I think that's this decade, right? Yeah. Cool. So we get to talk your next, hopefully yeah. next episode. Number one, Train to Busan. So that was your number 10. That was Ready or Not. Ready or Not. Yes, correct. So Keegan. Okay. So Keegan, these are, this is our, nine. this is, don't look at my phone. I'm so, not. This so this is the, these are the controversial number nines. This okay. came from Bitch and Duff. So, so Eric has a controversial number nine I don't know about. And I have a controversial <laughs> number nine. You know what it is. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's Hellboy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we'll pick mine. What's mine? What do you think? Controversial and it's number nine. A film everyone probably already forgot came out this year. Okay. Let a film look. that was supposed to be amazing and everyone just kind of just walked out and forgot about. And I liked it. You watched the Rabbit remake? <laughs> I don't know, Doc. Light on me. It's Dennis Widmere and Kevin Kolsch's Pet oh. Cemetery. I wouldn't call that controversial. Yeah. I would call that boring. I liked that movie a lot. Okay. When I walked out, there wasn't a second in my mind where I thought, wow, 
Did people, we watch it together? Yeah. Okay. People aren't going to like this. I thought, wow, that was that was cool. I thought, you know, they made a mean-spirited Pet Cemetery reboot, and I liked it. And then no one cared about it. It was very odd. Oh. Um, I think we had high expectations from it. I think it is. The, I'm not kidding. I, I agree with you. I think it was the problem. Yeah. It was so good. It was so like, big. Oh, shit. We're getting another R-rated Stephen King classic yep. adaptation. And then it was kind of, in my opinion, eh. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. It, it's why it's my number nine. But you know what? If I, When I look back on this year, like I want to rewatch that movie. I'm trying to get my brother to watch it so I can rewatch it with I, him. I'm glad that you have a reason to rewatch it. I'll never fucking rewatch that film. It was under 90 minutes. I'm not complaining about the length. I just feel like... I like Amy Simetz. I, I like... Fucking, J- you hate Jason Clark. I know. I hate Jason Clark. I know. Fuck Jason Clark. Just because... It, and you love T5. Fuck you. That movie's terrible. You. I thought you loved Genesis. I hate Genesis. Let that be known. Set the record straight. T5's a piece of shit. I thought you were a big Joel Kinnaman guy. Fuck you. I like Joel Kinnaman. Oh, he's not I in that. I don't like Jason no, no, no. Clark. He's not in that. Joe uh, Kinnaman's in the Robocop remake. It's not Joe Kinnaman. It's, uh, uh, what's that fucker's name? Oh. Um, uh, I know who you're talking about. He's in fucking Suicide Squad. I know who the fuck you're talking about. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Is it Jai Courtney? It's Jai Courtney. Okay. Uh, Joe Kinnaman's in, uh, in uh, Suicide Squad as well, I think. He is. Uh, another bad movie. I don't like Jai Courtney. He just seems. I hate sh- Jai Courtney. He just seems to show up and shit. Yeah, he, he's like a piece of shit you just stepped on and you can't fling him from your shoe. Yeah, nondescript white guy number three. Yes, correct. Yep. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> my number nine is Pet Cemetery. I enjoyed this film. I liked. I feel like people just like when this came out, they weren't ready for how depressing it was. And to me, I loved wallowing in the depression of this film. Uh, this appeals to me: loss, loss of a child. Um, wanting a loved one back. These things appeal to me. And then also just how mean spirited some of the stuff is. I think it's shot. Well, I like, uh, this film pet cemetery. No one cared about it. Everyone forgot about it. That's my number nine. Uh, I guess I fucked up. Melissa had never seen the OG. Yeah. That was a big mistake. Huge mistake. We literally watched the original pet cemetery, which is amazing. Mary Lambert. Yeah. When the film ended, we had to be at the theater like 30 minutes later. Huge mistake. For the remake. And as a, and as we were watching the remake, I was like, fuck, I'm watching the same movie. Yeah. Like, I was ready for it to start differentiating yeah. from, from that. You know, at, I don't know the source material. At times, shot for shot. And I was just like, oh. So, that was, so maybe that's why I didn't give a fuck about it. Because I watched the same movie two, literally back to back on the same day. No, you and everyone else didn't care about it. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, yeah. I liked it. So that's my number I'm nine. That's where I fucked up. Eric, let's hear what your okay. number nine is. My motherfucking number nine is Neil Marshall's Hellboy. And fuck you and fuck everybody else who doesn't like an enjoyable, funny, silly, gory monster movie. I was smiling for that. You know, the runtime may have been a little too long. It's like almost two hours. I liked that old hag thing. That was Dude, fun. Baba Yaga. Oh, yeah, Baba Yaga. Uh, By the way, was that they- Javier Botem? <laughs> it's uh, Botet. Uh, Botet? But I don't think it's Javier, is it? it Maybe. It might be Botet. I, it, 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 go ahead, Eric. Uh, Hellboy. Hellboy. You love Mila Jovovich. I don't mind her. Like, I, I've suggested that we do a Resident Evil episode and Keegan's are not dogging me, which is fine. Because I, I don't give a I shit. I own every single one on Blu-ray. I don't think. I've seen, like, maybe one in three. Duh, I've seen them all, duh. Uh, I've seen them all, duh. 
Um, I mean, Hellboy. I mean, I just, I just, just said everything about Hellboy. Like, why? Do, what? What? What's wrong with this movie? It's not shot well. It's it's okay. It's dog, terrible. Fuck your technicalities. Awesome. So any fuck, film fuck, from now fuck, on, you can just fucking fuck, fuck it. Fuck, if it looks bad, it's the greatest fuck, movie fuck ever. Fuck the camera work. Fuck the acting. But okay, if I'm gonna nitpick fucking Hellboy 2019, there's a lot of plot conveniences. But that's fine. I don't want to fucking hang around. My, Push that I, fucking I, story forward. Dog. Give me some titties. Give me some violence. Give me some monsters. Hellboy 2019. Do you own Hellboy? 2009. I rewatched it on HBO Go. You, <laughs> so you don't own it. I don't own it. I was going to say you might be the only person on the planet that bought Hellboy. But you didn't. I would put money, Shane, so I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I like Hellboy. Dog. That's I, great. I, I'm I, glad you I, like it. Okay, the first time I went, I fell asleep. I don't know why. I went a second time, and I remember just like smiling, like the giant sequence. Yeah, I was just having a ball. That is why E Dog goes to the film, dog, just for fun. Yeah, no, and and I'm. It's not like it, films don't have to be fucking pure cinema to enjoy them. We just talked underwater. I love underwater. I think at times it is cut together bad. I think at times it doesn't look right. But I liked underwater. Hellboy was just like a cacophony of bullshit that I couldn't get over. I just couldn't. It's just like a fucking mess. Everything's edited together like shit. It's like half a film edited together. So I, I'm I'm glad you like it. I just want to say it's not because it needs to be fucking 2001 A Space Odyssey. I just didn't think it was a coherent film. Maybe because I'm unburdened from these concerns. <laughs> I get to enjoy. It's not concerns. Hellboy. It's Okay, sure. I mean, do you think the average moviegoer is worried about fucking eyeline? No, obviously not. But if I notice it, it's frustrating. Okay, for you. That's fair. Yeah. For you. But no. As well as care, every other movie going audience. Have I ever concerned, have I concerned myself with what the average movie going audience cares about? Like, obviously, we differ from that. Um, and then I just kind of like how much it... I don't, I don't know source material with Hellboy. But I enjoyed how much different they went from Del Toro's. Uh, like, the part when he, like, has the vision of him, like, taking up the throne and he's yeah just, that was badass and he's just like riding that fucking like fire dragon yeah i don't give a fuck about that but then he's just like slicing people in half dude the fucking monsters at yeah. the end no the i agree, giant I agree. monsters and they're just like stepping on people and, and tearing people people, people are literally getting ripped apart that shit's sick that shit's <sighs> sick it's just a bad movie but i like the gore eric is giving me two thumbs up hellboy 2019 duh is sick i'm glad you love it i'm hell glad yeah. you love it hell yeah I, yeah, I'm not going to go on about it. I'm glad you love it. Okay, I'm done. That was your number nine. That was E-Dog's number nine. So <laughs> and now we're on Keggy's eight. Okay. I think the rest of our list are not going to be controversial. Well, my number seven might be. But first, let's get to eight. My number eight is a film that I think everyone's going to have really high, much higher than eight. Um, I really, really like this film. I feel bad about having it at eight. Um, I just watched it finally. Like two weeks. Uh, actually, this past like Thursday. The Lighthouse. It's Robert Eggers, The Lighthouse. It's my and number seven. I loved this movie. Loved it. Admit it. You're fond of me lobster. I, 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 admit it. And then he says, okay. Fine. Have it he, your he way. Says, Have it your way. I want to. I like your cooking. I want to start a fourth Twitter account where I just post dialogue from <laughs> The Lighthouse. He likes smi- He like smites him down from the heavens. Because it's all <laughs> so. All right. Have, the, it, have it your way. The dialogue. I like just, your cooking. Amazing. So your farts. Your goddamn farts. 
I've been in that situation in real life. My favorite thing is when they start bickering back and forth and then they just start drinking together. Those are my favorite scenes. And then let's talk about when it just gets like Wild. bizarre, left yeah. field, Lovecraftian, fucking a mermaid. Yeah. I love the life. Mermaid, the street, and Carlson. The, the fucking, you know what the fuck I'm talking about, G. Mermaid, duh. Mermaid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the lighthouse. What do you say, right? Like, it's Robert Eggers' follow up to the witch. Now, I want to say this the witch, like, I like the witch a lot more. I agree than the with lighthouse. that. I agree. Like, that. 10 times more. But that's not bad on the lighthouse. I really like the lighthouse. I just think the witch is like, I mean, look, it appeals to me more than something like the lighthouse. But, um, God, the lighthouse is gorgeous. Like, it's, I want to call it four by three. It's actually narrower than four by three. It's narrower than four by three. It's black and white. And it's one of the gorgeous, most gorgeous films of 2019. Yes. Like it is just perfectly shot, perfectly lit. Absolutely gorgeous. It kind of, it was kind of cool to see another film from him because I'd only seen the witch and now seeing this, like I can see his style. Now, of course this has comedic and it's like Kind of it. Obviously, the lighthouse is very its own thing. But the way he shot stuff, like especially outside the lighthouse, I was like, "Fuck, man, this is Robert Eggers. Hell yeah!" Like, I cannot wait for him to make something else. Um, I'm glad he made this. This is a fucking wild journey. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, really, the the feature here is uh, the two actors. Correct. I mean, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Like the two of them just in the lighthouse, going mad, quite literally mad. Um, that's what we're here for. And they're just, the dialogue's brilliant. They're brilliant. It's fucking awesome. It's excellent. Like it's awesome. I do think the end, like the final couple shots, which we will not talk about a little ambiguous. Yeah. And that's fine. I love ambiguity, but I kind of feel like we're like missing a couple shots. Like it almost felt disjointed. It was so ambiguous. It like didn't link together with the rest of the film. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I love that stuff. I just, I kind of wish we got a little, little tiny, and it can still be ambiguous, but little lead into those final couple shots. I'm with that. And if that would have happened, this probably would be even higher on my list. I'm with but, you. But that kind of left me like, okay, cool. Like that, fuck yeah. I love The Lighthouse. But if it would have had a little bit more, I would have been like, this is my favorite movie of the year. Um, but that's also, you know, be careful what you wish for. It might have made it worse. I don't know. Um, because ambiguity, you have to be careful. So anyways, my number fucking eight is Robert Eggers, The Lighthouse. I cannot wait, cannot wait for this guy to make more movies. Can't fucking wait. Agreed. And I hope he makes that fucking Nosferatu movie he's been trying to make for years. Uh, what excites me about The Lighthouse is I watched it by myself. So that means I have my mom and Melissa. Hell yeah. So I've got a few more viewings of The Lighthouse in me. Admit it, you like my cooking. You're, I, I know. You're fond of me lobster. I know you're fond of me lobster. I've seen you eat it. So goddamn good. All right. Have it your way. Um, I like it. Okay. E-Dog's going to derail. E-Dog's going to uh, get sidetracked. Okay. I watched the Safdie's uh, Good Time. This okay, is also sure. Robert yeah. Pattinson. Have you seen it? No. Holy fuck. Duh. Uh, non-horror listeners, if you're out there. I don't know why you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, pod. Uh, Josh and Benny Safdie's Good Time. Holy fucking shit. It's Robert Pattinson. They ended up doing Uncut Gems, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson has a brother who is developmentally disabled. They rob banks together, and one of their robberies just goes completely sideways. It's fucked up. Okay. I absolutely loved uh, Good Time. But let's get back on track. And my eight <clears throat> is Ruben Flesher's Zombieland Double Tap. Wow. Really? Uh, really? I skipped this film. Uh, entirely. I skipped it. I didn't even see it. Oh, okay. I, I didn't care for Zombieland. 
You've said that before. Yeah, I was That's not right. into it when it came out. So I just really didn't. I hate. I, I hate to be a party pooper. I just was not into that first film, so I didn't really care about this one. Uh, but I feel like I should have saw it. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, obviously, I like this film if it's on my list. Um, as I've already stated, not only on this episode, but a hundred times before, I love zombies. Um, so I guess what excites me about Zombieland Double Tap is to see such a big budgeted uh, zombie film. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, the humor I'm there for. I like Woody Harrelson. I like uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I like Abigail Breslin. And I like Emma, Emma Stone. Stone. Yep. Um, so while watching it, both, I guess, the first time initially, I kept waiting for like uh, that big laugh. Yeah. And while it never comes... I've never seen zombie action done like this before. Ruben Fleischer directed the sequel. He did. It, like like everybody returned. It was the same writers, uh, same directors, obviously same cast. It's just crazy because he did like Venom, like or whatever right. last year, not this year. You know, twenty eighteen. Okay, so I guess for lack of a poor description, Venom sucks. By the way, uh, for lack of a poor description. Let's briefly talk zombie films. Okay. Okay. Let's take Night of the Living Dead. Let's take Dawn of the Dead. Let's take uh, Day of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, we can take Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, those movies are perfect. Yes. Those movies are also just single location. Those movies are people trying to keep the zombies on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. This is a film, while you could argue that it's single location as well, it's so much more action. Right. And that is what I was um, into the most. This is what won me over uh, Zombieland. Uh, I've never seen a fucking uh, monster truck kill a horde of zombies before. Okay. I'm used to seeing somebody board up a window. And did it look good, though? Because usually that turns into a lot of CG that looks bad. It is a lot of CG, but I didn't have a problem with you it. You thought it looked good. Cool. So I guess the reason... I liked it so much was it's a zombie film. Yeah. And it's a zombie film where they presented the action to me in a different light. No, that's cool. I mean, you're right. Like we never get to see zombie films on that big of a scale. And that's kind of why like they're doing those uh, walking dead movies. Right. And while I don't like the walking dead and haven't cared about it probably since the Frank Darabont season, that interests me if they spend a lot more money. Sure. And they have all those effects guys do it that like, um, I think Rick Bate, not Rick Baker, um, KNB, I think. Correct. Greg um, Nicotero. Thank you. Greg Nicotero does all that. If they if they have him go do some big budget movie with Rick or whatever, I don't sure. care about The Walking Dead. But like if they can get the scale up, that might be really cool. Right, exactly. So I get what you're saying that like the scale was what was appealing. Correct. Exactly. Um Zombieland Double Tap. Zombieland Double Tap, yeah. That's your number eight. I'm on board for you dog fucking with zombies, man. Yeah, I mean, I love zombies, but not enough to watch a movie that I just I don't know. Like that's, that's interesting you say that also because like Dana passed on it a well. Like yeah, what what turns you off? I just don't like want to. I just don't want to sound like I turn my nose up to everything. But for whatever reason, I just had this weird reaction to the first Zombieland when it came out. I was in college, and everyone's like, "Oh, have you seen Zombieland? Have you seen mm. Zombieland?" And at that time, horror really wasn't what it is now. Mm. Like horror wasn't. Horror was still, that was like 2009, I think, or 10. 
And I just don't feel like horror, like horror is like everywhere now, like TV, everything is horror. Everybody loves horror. And at that time, I just felt like that was like a gateway horror movie for people that don't like horror. Okay. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I just didn't give a fuck about it. I love Emma Stone. Jesse Eisenberg's fine. I love fucking, um, what's his name? Uh, Woody Woody Harrelson. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know. It just didn't, maybe it's because it it might be a me problem. It really might be. But at that time, I just remember it being like, man, this is a movie for non-horror fans. Gotcha. And usually those films. That's a fair description. Yeah. I kind of move on from pretty quickly. I also have a problem with I don't think anything's funny. Like, if it's a comedy, I have a really hard time thinking it's funny. Um, I like very few comedies I actually think are funny. Like, I like super bad. I like stupid shit. Like, I love Dumb and Dumber. But I like very few dumb shit or, like, funny movies. Unless it's, like, The Lighthouse where it's, like, that's not really a comedy. But there's funny stuff in it. Exactly. And I just have a really hard time thinking stuff's funny. And it's, it's it's a me problem. I hate that I'm coming to the realization that Ace Ventura is wildly insensitive. Oh, for sure. Because that movie I fucking just thought was hilarious when I was young. Well, the best part of it, uh, I think it's the second one, is where he crawls out of the rhino's ass. Right. Or uh, elephant or whatever it is. Uh, NECA is doing Ace Ventura toys. Okay. And one of them is whenever he like tries to sneak into the mental institution. And yeah. I was just like, holy fuck, that whole bit is wildly insensitive. A lot of Dumb and Dumber is wildly insensitive. I love... Love Dumb and Dumber. Sure. Love that movie. I feel like Dumb and Dumber is less... We don't have to stay here. Dumb and Dumber is much less offensive than... Than Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, yeah. I love Dumb and Dumber, Doc. Yeah, I just... I, I'm not a big comedy guy, and I think the... Like, you it, know, I love comedy. It has to... For whatever reason, like, it has to come out of place of, like, by horror fans if it's a horror comedy, and that didn't feel like it. That felt like Hollywood making a zombie movie with a zomcom, but, like, Hollywood, instead I, of, like... Because I think it was a Sony movie. I feel like... But I feel like an asshole talking like that. Shaun of the Dead like almost created the Zomcom genre. Sure. And so many films have failed 100% to reach those highs that Shaun of the Dead created and I feel like Zombieland is one of the successful ones. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love Zombieland, but like other, you know, horror comedies we love like Deathgasm or What We Do in the Shadows, two New Zealand films, but um so I love like Horror comedy, it just, I don't know, at that scale, I just, I don't know, it didn't work for me. Alrighty. Let's keep rolling, though. My number seven is controversial. This is probably my final controversial pick. Everything else we love. Okay. Uh, My number seven is Brightburn. Oh, my God. It's really on your list. Yeah, it really is. I liked Brightburn a lot. Had a great time. Well, I've talked it a lot, you know, and this is a film that, again, came out, everyone didn't give a fuck about for whatever reason. I just, I loved, I felt like this was something new. Now, when I say that, you're like, well, it's just Dark Superman. I agree. Like, and It's a fun concept. But right? it was more so the filmmaking. It was more so like we almost don't have a main character because our main character is a bad guy. Sure. And it's very difficult to make a film with a bad guy as your main character. I almost feel like that's a concept where like you just wish would happen. Yeah. And then it really did. Yeah. I just – I really liked it. I liked – the the gore the filmmaking my favorite scene in the movie is in the diner mm. where there's like a pov shot and you can see like her eye uh, i really like brightburn like a lot and i love how like creepy and and mean-spirited it is you know he's like stalking on his like the girl from his school he ends up killing like i mean spoilers he ends up killing like his his uncle mm-hmm. or whatever like horrifically um he ends up it's stalking like his, his like aunt like while she's at home alone boyfriend yeah. Something like that. And it's just very mean-spirited and fucked up. And 
I, I thought the filmmaking, this is what's important. I thought the filmmaking was very, very good. Shot very well. I mean, I really like this movie. It has great sequences of like terror. And I love stuff like this. And for whatever reason, no one else cared about it. And I think maybe because it's a very sort of, you know, once you know what it is, that's kind of it. There's not a lot more going on in Brightburn. Like, it's bad Superman, right? That's what fucking Brightburn is. So I feel like once people got that, they're like, cool, fuck it, I don't care about that movie. Um, But I thought it was cool. I liked that, like, you know, I don't know. I can't say other things because it is bigger spoilers, but there's stuff that happens, like, with the kid's dad and just, like, how mean-spirited all that is. And then I just think it it has a great finale. It's, again, even mean-spirited in the final moments, like what he does to his mom and stuff, like, it, it it's just a mean spirited film, and I really, <laughs> I always love saying this because like, and I liked that, but I love right. I love stuff like that, and yeah, even just thinking back to it, like I don't regret putting it on my list at all. I love Brightburn. Um, I bought the 4K, so really, wow, there you go. How That's about my blue? number How about seven? Blue? My number seven is Brightburn, a movie no one cares about. I like it, but I just feel like it reaches its plateau so quickly. For sure, and that, that's kind of what I was getting at, was like once you get what it is, that's kind of it. Right. But I still think it was well-made, well-shot. I like the I like Elizabeth Banks. Banks. Um, yeah, I, I like the film. I don't know. Brightburn. Brightburn. Nice I enjoyed seven. it. I feel like people should give it another look. What's your number seven, Eric? My number seven, I don't have much to say because we've already talked it, but it is Robert Eggers' right. uh, The Lighthouse. Um, kind of everything. Park. I kind of everything. You, everything we've already fucking said, just from like the way it looks and to, your fucking farts to to how fucking silly it is. I like how it just like descends into like madness. I like how like they lose track of time. Yeah. Are there creatures? Are there not? How gorgeously it's shot. I was talking to you uh, a minute ago. Uh, we had to pause to use the bathroom. And I was talking to you about like how I love that the lighthouse like itself deteriorates as their mind descends into madness. It like matches the lighthouse. You know, I didn't notice that, but that's like wildly uh, brilliant. Yeah, like it becomes a mess and like it starts to fall apart, and they're falling apart. Like it, yeah. Uh, it, lighthouse is fucking sick, dude. Uh, t- to add to that, just like the the aesthetic, especially like the weather. When yeah. he's like outside and he's like trying to work and it's just windy as fuck and it's raining and just like oh the sound design you like you really feel miserable yeah. with him yeah and the sound design is just so you you know for being a, a smaller budget film you feel like you're on that that island with them and just the score God I love I love this shit I love just downtrodden shit and that's the score um, yeah yeah I love Lighthouse bro I'm I'm excited for uh revisits me too yeah that was your number seven that was your dog's number seven so now we're on your six it kind of sucks because we already talked this film too so here we it's going to be quick on this six okay later my number six is uh radio silences ready or not okay um so i love radio silence um i even like their film no one cares about devils do um i believe it was found footage and it's basically a modern found footage no one knows because no one cares but when I saw it, I was like, this is cool. It's a it's a modern found footage Rosemary's Baby film. Mm. That's what Devil's Do is. And I just remember thinking, man, this is fucking tight. Like, it's nothing to write home about. It's not the greatest film of that year. Is that the movie where you're supposed to go to the website to nope. see the ending? Oh. Nope. That's The Devil Inside. Oh, okay. Um, 
no, this is Devil's Due, and it's a film everyone didn't care about. And I did because it was Radio Silence because they also were involved in VHS before that. Right. And they have that great uh, strike him down, strike him down, Uh, the final segment of the first VHS. And then they also really brought it home for me when they did um, Southbound. Um, Southbound was a massive film for me. I loved that made my top 10 that year. Um, So I really, really like these guys. It's a group of directors, if you don't know, and they're they're named – Radio Silence. And um, they directed this. And Ready or Not's fucking sick. It's very similar to Your Next. I wish Your Next didn't exist for this reason. Not, I mean, I love Your Next. But it's so similar, it almost feels like, fuck, man. Like like I said, I almost wish, you know, I could see this without knowing about Your Next and it would be even better. There might um, be some people out there who have that benefit. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Your Next, watch Ready or Not. And then go watch Your Next and let us know what you think. Um but yeah, it's just awesome. And then Sam Weaving. I mean, everything she's been in, she's the most charming fucking actress I've ever seen in my life. Um, she makes fucking McGee's The Babysitter good. Um, that was for you, Eric. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I love Ready, Ready or Not. Uh, I want to buy it. I want to own it. Uh, I love the ending. I love... We're not going to spoil, but I... You I, don't own it. I uh, hadn't picked it up yet, mainly because that Disney cover. Um, it's fine. It's her standing. Oh, I know, but it has that Disney tagging on it, like movies anywhere and all that oh. shit. I'm fucking around. Um, this gotcha. is a Fox movie that now is owned by Disney. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, the ending, you know, I'm not, I can't, I can't spoil it, but, uh, very, mean, awesome. very mean spirited. It's awesome. Uh, love it. Love it. Love ready or not. That's my number six. Eric, what's your number six? My number six. If you haven't seen ready or not, go rent that. That's a rental. I mean, that's a fucking fire rental. That That's a, you would not regret spending that five ninety nine, yeah. and it's like ninety minutes. Yeah, fucking over in a bl- blast. It's awesome. Your number six, Eric. My number six is the incredible Midsommar. Wow, number six, Eric. Number six. Number six. I. That is very very you high. Know, you know it. what's what's funny is I feel like there's a theme amongst my films. Not not every film, but like kind of like sappy, like good heartedness. Sure, kind of makes up. And Midsummer is not that. It's not that, so that's yeah. why it's coming in. I'm gonna let you talk at it the middle because I've got it way further up, than a that. little higher. Yeah. Okay, Midsummer. What What's absolutely brilliant about Midsummer is it's a premise that we already know and that we love. A uh, group of kids go to a creepy location, shit pops off, but then everything else is not what you expect. For starters, it's shot in the goddamn daytime, daytime right? And. Uh, driving motivation of these characters is fucking brilliant. What I like about these group of kids is how educated they are. And the reason that they're going to this place, it's, it's in Sweden, is because they're there to write, well, one of the characters is, to write his thesis. Yep. Um, and then I just like the dynamic between these kids. Um, the main actress, uh, help me with her name, Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. You know she's only like 22 or 23. And she's going to be in Black Widow. She really? Yeah. She is so good. Amazing. Like, like carries the fucking film on her shoulders. Her character goes through such traumatic stress. Yeah. And to, and then what's even crazier is like, this movie is fucking like two and a half hours long. Well, I mean, she has a performance similar to Ari Aster's fucking, uh, hereditary her. Like you can almost mirror her and Tony Collette. Like, they're just like a fucking revelation in both right. these films because they're so they carry it with such their emotion is the entire film, right? Exactly. And she Florence Pugh is amazing, amazing in Midsummer. Like 
amazing. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we, the audience, we are not led. We, we don't know what's going to happen here. Initially, it seems like it's going to be pretty an, kick-ass. an okay trip. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But then it just descends into madness. It descends into what, I guess, what we want from absolutely a, a, a horror film. Um, it's just brilliant, like the themes that it shares about like relationships yeah. and and family and and friendship, and it's kind of just like a wild ride. Yes, yeah, I, I'll have to talk about it. Later. Yeah, but yes, I agree. Uh, a dog loves Midsommar. Uh, I would almost say I like Midsommar more than Hereditary. No, I don't know if that's a wild controversial. When's the last time you watched Hereditary? Uh, when that blue came out. Okay. I've seen it, uh, I think, three times total. And um, how about this? No, Hereditary, Hereditary is better. Nah. How about this? I find Hereditary to be more bleak. And I like Hereditary more. Maybe maybe because Midsommar sh- shot in the daylight. Yeah. And it's easier for me to digest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I could talk it later if you want. But yeah. I mean, yeah, you're mid- going to. Versus Hereditary to me, it is tough because while I do absolutely love midsummer midsummer um hereditary i think is a much better movie but it also appeals to me like you said it's also bleaker but it's also like actually horror where this is like a riff on wicker man or the sacrament or just any cult film okay and so i have a hard time like elevating it even though it's very high on my list um I didn't feel like it was all that new. Like while it does, it's like crazy. It some waters. Well, yeah. Like all of these cult films get crazy at the end and then sure. it's over. Now this was fucking wild. Don't get me wrong. And the performances are amazing. And that's what elevates this for me to where it is. But I just felt like hereditary was like a new film to me. Like I just never, I've never seen anything like that before. Um, and every time I watched, I get more out of that movie. Um, same with midsummer to an extent, but it's like, you know, We've seen cult films before, and this follows that formula to a T. I'm glad I'm two for two with Ari Aster films. Yeah. Watching them in the theater. It is. I hope that trend gets to continue. It is very I remember exciting. I had the day off the day it came out. It was July 3rd. Yeah. 2019. We had the theater to our fucking selves. Nice. And just getting to unravel this adventure was amazing. Yeah. I mean. It is so – I've never been more excited to see more films from a, a director than somebody – like pretty much Ari Aster. I mean, while I like Robert Eggers and I really like The Lighthouse, these two films back-to-back, uh, I'm very – I cannot – he could make anything next, and I'm, I cannot wait. Obviously, because of my placement uh, on the list, I liked Midsommar more than The Lighthouse. Yeah, me too. So that was your number. That was my number six, so we're halfway there, G. Let's yeah. hear your number five. My number five. Your number five. Well, Eric, my number five is why I go to the movies. Okay. My number five is Crawl. So That's a little low. I know. I know. But uh, I like the other things a lot. Okay. Um, so, But no, Crawl, five is exactly where it needs to be. If I made a top five, Crawl made it. Okay. Right? And Crawl is just, it's why I go to the movies. I've said it all year. Um, I love Alexander Aja. I love French filmmakers. I love fucking Alexander Aja. I love mean spirited insanity violence for no reason. I love monster movies. 
I love uh, single location films where you're stuck in a basement and the water is rising from a flood. I love disaster films. I love inclement weather films. I, I love movies that have sappy father and daughter relationships. I love fucking crawl. Um, it's awesome. So I think that about summed it up. I mean, I could continue, but that's why I like crawl. I love this shit. I love this, this, this movie. It is not the greatest movie ever made, but it is perfectly made for me. Uh, very perfectly. And I'm still impressed with how it looks like in terms of like yeah. the alligators and the hurricane. Like I, I, I bought all that. I believed it. Yeah. I, I bought into all of it. Rewatching it at home when I showed it to my brother and he, un- he, and you know, he hated it and he didn't like it and he fucking hated it and he hated it. Yeah. So shout out to Ben. Uh, he did not hate it. He just didn't love it. Um, but rewatching it with them, I, I was struck by how good all of it looks again. Like mm-hmm. the alligators look great. The fucking storm looks great. Oh, the sound design, like how you can hear the storm getting worse and worse the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, man. I think this movie is gangbusters. If you haven't seen Crawl, go watch it. Crawl is why I go to the movies. This is my number five. So when I say that, of course, just understand, like, no, this isn't the best movie of the year, but it's borderline the best movie of the year. Um, you know, it's not going to make you think. It's not going to – it's not midsummer. It's going to make you it, – it's going to entertain you less. <laughs> it's going to entertain the fuck out of you. Right. If you love mean-spirited alligator violence uh, <laughs> directed by a French filmmaker that I adore – you will love crawl. Um, you know, I'll say here again, they're talking about making somebody got the rights. I think Sam Ramy or whoever got the rights to make a new Texas chainsaw. And, uh, I just, Oh my God. I quote tweeted Alex Aja, where are you at? Right. Um, because what the fuck, like get, just hire him tomorrow and let's go. So anyways, crawl. I love crawl. I'm going to talk it here in a minute. It's my number five. Eric, what's your number five? All right, my number five, I'm willing to bet you didn't even watch. Probably not. And I'm talking about Abe Forsyth's Little Monsters. Oh, okay, sure. The Hulu movie, right? This, yeah, right. With, this uh, was a Hulu. Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o, yes, correct. I missed it, and I feel bad about it. So tell me, Eric. Tell me how wrong I am for missing it. Uh, okay, E-Dog loves this film. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o plays a kindergarten teacher. Who Maz Kanata. Who is, correct, who is taking her class to uh, the zoo for a field trip and there's a fucking zombie outbreak and now she has to protect uh, this group of little children from the zombies. Uh, if you've seen one zombie comedy die, you've seen them all. Okay. Uh, but this is another successful one in, in Sounds my like opinion. Sounds like cooties to me. Uh, because of how fucking sweet and charming it That's is. That's what I've heard. She's so goddamn good natured in it. It's funny to see uh, that's set up against flesh-eating ghouls. Yeah. Um, there's a character by the name of... Uh, it's Josh Gad who plays Giovanni him. Radici? No, it, it's, it's it's played by Josh Gad. He's like supposed to be like like a like a Nickelodeon like kid host. Okay. But you learn in like real life he's just like a fucking asshole. Okay. And he's so abrasive. And he's just so ugly. Uh, in front of the children. Like he's not worried about keeping his image. And each time I've watched it, I've often wondered like, how did they shoot that? Like, was he just yelling fuck in front of these kids or would they just shoot his stuff? And then right later the kids, you know? Um, and then also the stakes are like wildly high in my opinion. Uh, for example, one of the kids, 
he's allergic to something that he eats. And you learn that his EpiPen is in a backpack outside. And so Lapita has to venture outside with the zombies in order to get the backpack. Okay. And I was just like wildly concerned about her. Right. I was wildly concerned about this child. Um, so it's just like a bunch of funny, sweet. Uh, there's a bunch of Star Wars references I think you would uh, uh, dig. Uh, if I wasn't laughing, I was on the verge of tears. Nice. Okay. I yeah. I really, really liked Little Monsters. I've heard that. Like online, everybody likes this movie, and it seems like nobody saw it, including me. So that's on me. I need to see it. Um, I need to, I, especially at making your top 10. If you're on board for a Sappy Charming zombie film, please watch Little Monsters. I love Sappy Charming shit. So I'm with you. I'm in. Number four, G. I feel bad for not seeing it. I wish you would. <clears throat> okay, my number four. Having said that, I feel like you're going to come back next next episode, and you're going to be like, the monster's dog is kind of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, you said it was sappy and charming. That sounds like up my alley. You know what's Especially funny? Especially all the Star Wars stuff. Well, uh, uh, I kind of cringe when people make Star Wars references. It's but it's, um, it's really funny. It is funny because it's like these drastically like opposing themes on this podcast are I love mean-spirited bullshit, and I also love sappy emotional shit. I'm 100% like, with you. Those are my two favorite things. Um, I haven't even watched Marriage Story yet because I know I'm just going to cry for two hours. Right. And I desperately want to see Marriage Story, but it's like, huh, when am I going to just sit and cry for two hours? Right. So exactly. I haven't done it yet. Have you heard of Joe Parra Talks With You? No. It is a, an adult swim show about a very mild-mannered uh, individual, Joe Parra. He is a... Is this school- animated? No. It's okay. uh, live action. Okay. Uh, he is a middle school teacher. And in the first season, he talks about very mundane topics the first uh the first inter- the first episode is about different types of rocks okay anyways there's this like it, g- like like minerals right okay uh but shout, the, shout out to uh lucas middleton the geologist what's up bro Go uh ahead. but there's this real sweet heartedness like like sincerity about the show yeah even though he's just talking about uh rocks okay uh there's one particular episode where he's talking about how every time you've ever carved a pumpkin, you lose one sixteenth of your soul. So how do you uh, grow your soul back? Anyways, in the new season, a major character close to Joe passes away. So these last few episodes have been like really sad. And I'm okay. just like, why are you doing this to me, Joe Perry? Like you're funny and sweet, but I also just want to cry right now. Yeah. I I mean, I love, uh, you know, HBO's Damon Lindelof's The Leftovers. Mm. And um, it's basically three seasons of hours of television that are just uh, depressing, downtrodden, crying, mm-hmm. but it's just brilliant. Um, anyways, I love mean spirited shit and I love overly sentimental shit. Let's stay off track. I'm a Spielberg kid at heart. That's why I love overly sentimental shit. Let's stay off track for a little bit. Okay. Have you watched HBO's Watchmen yet? I, I've only seen the first episode. I fucked up. I know. Big time. Yeah, I know. Okay. Here, keep- you want You want to know why? I can. I do want to know why. So I was gonna watch it by myself, and then Ben's like, "Oh, I want to watch it with you." I'm not blaming him. Fucking Ben, yeah. man. Yeah. You don't like crawl, and now Kiki hasn't watched HBO's. And it's on you. Yep. Correct. And it's on you. All right, now let's keep this train rolling. You're at number four. All right, my number four is a film that I'm afraid to tell you is at number four because I really liked this movie, and right I on, G. I will. I think at some point. <laughs> no, you're gonna keep it a secret. I yeah. I think at some point I'm going to regret this. So I just want to put that regret out there Regret because it's this high? Uh, it should be like my number two. Okay, gotcha. Um, but ultimately, I really like my top four. Okay. So that's why. But also, I feel like in time, this film will 
I'll probably love this movie forever, especially because it's a sequel, and I love that first movie. I'm interested. Uh, yeah, so this is It Chapter 2. I have, my, it, I have it higher. I figured. It's my number four, and I uh, I have not rewatched it at home yet. Okay. I saw It Chapter 2 twice in the theater and really liked it, really enjoyed it. Um, I have not rewatched it at home yet. I got the 4K Steelbook, and I haven't watched it yet. But um, I really like this movie. Like, first of all, it has Jessica Chastain covered in blood, so it's a check mark for me. I just the the only thing I don't love about this is just kind of the cacophony of dark scenes at the end of the film. You know, I'm saying like they're shot very dark, and it's just like the cave for like an hour. Right. Uh, both times I've struggled through that whole part sequence. Um, it's not what's happening. I don't have an. You know, I like everything that's happening. I like what the film does with the ending. I just, I don't know. It's it's like, it almost puts me to sleep how dark all the scenes are shot. And that kind of bothered me. Um, but I love the film. I love it. I love Pennywise. I love a lot of these actors. Um, I love this film. Uh, it just ultimately, I think I like the other, I feel like the other films I put higher are like a knockout of the park. And I feel like this was like a mixed bag, but I also loved all of it. So anyways, It Chapter 2. I love it. We'll talk it again. Um, I mean, it's it, it deserve it's it was gonna be in my top five no matter what. I just didn't know where to put it. So that's my number four. Eric, what uh, is your number four? Number four is a film we've already discussed, and it's cont- and it's more uh, lighthearted, charming, sappiness. It is Happy Death Day to you. Yes, love it. Yes, um, everything we've already said. Um, the characters, the idea of getting to talk to a dead parent. Um, it's just a sweet film. I think uh, it is horror, even though some feel that it's not. Um, I almost feel like I'm ready to rewatch it again. I am too. I mean, again, I love this. This, this film has this was funny. You know, like a lot of films I talk about, I love how mean spirited they are, and then I absolutely love Happy Death Day to You because of how sweet it is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the scenes that where she talks to her mom and stuff, I'm just like crying. And I feel like a fucking idiot, but I love it. I love stuff like that. So I'm with you. I love Happy Death Day to you. I love both of these films. Um, I Like I said, there was recently a re- revelation. I didn't buy any of those Fright Rag shirts. And then after rewatching the first one and then going to they see- They did the, Happy Death Day shirts? Yeah. Oh, wow. I missed them. After rewatching that first film and then going to see the second one this like past whatever it was, January. February. February. I was like, wow, like maybe I should buy one of those shirts. Like That's how much I like these. So. Right. Happy Death Day to you. I love it. And that was your number? That was your dog's number four. You're going to leave it at that on that? We're going to leave it at that. Okay. Now we're in the top three of the year. Okay. So my number three is a film that I have to talk because you can't make it through because you're like narcoleptic, I guess. Right. So my number three is, which is higher than It Chapter 2. So it's a big deal. I can't um, wait to watch it. I can't. So I ordered this, the 4K Steelbook. It has that fucking director's cut. I ordered the plain Jane Blu-ray that also has the director's cut. And it's Mike Flanagan's Dr. Sleep. Correct. Is my number three. This film floored me. I feel like this year was a lot of like things I was overly excited for and then ultimately did not meet my expectations fully. I feel like that's been a lot of film lately for me. I've just been a little let down by everything recently. Nothing has like hit out of the park. And this film like floored me. Like I was just shocked how much I liked it. Um, I I was very excited about it going into it, but I was very concerned about like the soul sucking vampire 
aspect to it. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with The Shining? I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care about this. And then you cast Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat. Mm -hmm. And then it's so goddamn fun, even though it's very, (laughs) well, I say fun. It's very mean-spirited. It's very um, children in peril. Uh, It's very graphic. Um, But man, I mean, just what a goddamn movie. Like I said, the way I would put it is I was floored by Dr. Sleep. Um, the way it's shot. I mean, there's this scene where Rose the Hat is trying to track our, our main character, Abra, and we fly across like the universe with her in the, in the sky. And she like goes horizontally through the girl's window on her second floor. And then like the camera turns and does like a 180, and she her feet touch the ground, and then the scene starts. And I was like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, holy shit, that's amazing. It has stuff like that. And then and then it's also like a sequel to The Shining. And then we return to spoilers. We return to The Overlook. And, you know, the way that he, he did it, he recast, like, a lot of the people. I think that was a really good idea. And I do, too. Like, it was very jarring at first because I wasn't sure what they were doing yet because I didn't watch almost any of the marketing for this because I was very excited about it. And and I just think it was a brilliant choice. Um, I think Mike Flanagan is a fucking genius. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Um, and then, you know, I love Ewan McGregor. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I, I grew up with you. I love Ewan McGregor. And so he's amazing as Dan Torrance. Um, I love his struggle, like alcohol, alcoholism and the whole thing. I really liked Roman Reigns' character. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, just, man, it's... From what I saw. What a film. I mean, that the, the that's the way I'd put it is, and maybe maybe everyone else knew because they'd read the book, but, you know, as we've talked about, we don't read. Um, I was just, like, floored by how big and expansive and then also sentimental and smart and still having a heart caring about our characters and i almost cared about the fucking uh i can't remember their names but rose the hat and her crew i cared about them too like they're villains so i'm not on their side but i cared about them like i was interested to find out what was going to happen to several of those people and then there's a fucking shootout in the forest mm, um, for that. it's crazy i mean that movie's crazy uh jacob tremblay has a horrific scene um it's crazy that movie's crazy. I cannot believe the state that the film is in came out to like theater and like they were just like, cool, fuck it. Like that's Dr. Sleep. And they just like, I don't know. I'm very surprised that like the studio was like, cool, that's fine. Like it's just very, very graphic uh, film. Uh, that's just, it's what's also exciting is I'm reading that the director's cut is like cooler, even better. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm reading too. I'm very excited to revisit it. I also, my thing is I do kind of want to revisit the original cut first and then rewatch the director's cut because I'm dying to see this movie again. What I wanted to do when it was coming to theaters and I did not was watch The Shining first. That's that's what I did. Just so I could be available for more obvious references. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I'm definitely excited to finally see the film in its entirety. Yeah. I I rewatched, I got The Shining 4K leading up to this release. And so I watched Shining and then saw Dr. Sleep. And, um... Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's almost like they're not... It, it is definitely less of a sequel to The Shining than it tried to sound like it was going to be. Mm. But that almost was more exciting to me that it was its own fucking film with its own heartbeat. And it just blew my mind. It blew, This film really blew my mind. It floored me. That was Dr. Sleep. I loved it. Mike Flanagan is a master. I would like to believe if I did see it in its entirety... 
it would have made my list. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm not saying everything's perfect in the film or anything. I just think this is like, this is a film made for me. I love everyone in it. I love the way it's shot. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Mike Flanagan is wild. And that, and that's kind of what's crazy is Mike Flanagan made a sequel to a film that is directed by one of the coldest directors in history. One of the, you know, Stanley Kubrick made the shining, which is one of the coldest films ever made where it doesn't care about its characters. It is discarding any love between the characters. Um, he does not care about his characters, which that's or the source material. Right. And that's Kubrick. And the film is so cold. It's, I love the shining. I mean, it's one of my top 10 movies of all time, but, and then Mike Flanagan comes in and he, that is not how Mike Flanagan is. And he directs his own thing that isn't cold and does care about its characters, but then still is a sequel to the shining. I mean, it's crazy. I cannot believe he accomplished this. I crafted it. Uh, side question. What, what came first? Uh, the Outsiders or Doctor Sleep, the book. Doctor Sleep. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, Doctor Sleep is kind of recent as well. Yes, like two thousands, yeah. right? Yeah, it's not that long ago. But Outsider is like four years ago. Oh, okay. And Doctor Sleep is like eight. Okay. Yeah. It's just crazy. I love Doctor Sleep. Awesome. It, and I, I also should say it's not that horror. It's not all that much of a horror movie. Um, it's almost like a sci-fi movie. Uh, but I love it. Mike Flanagan has built up so much goodwill with us. I mean, crazy, yeah, crazy goodwill. Yes. Like people need to go back and reevaluate Oculus now. Like that's where we're at. I still haven't seen Abs- Abs- Absentia. It's good. Uh, it, Absentia is a indie horror film, so just lower your expectations. Okay, but it's good. But like Oculus is good. Fucking Hush is good. I remember fucking everything he's made I, is good. I watched Oculus, but I don't fucking remember it. I remember being like, this is a fucking R-rated haunted mirror movie. That's I, the only thing I saw. I saw it with my buddy, shout out, Jamie Lucas. Okay. You and Jamie and Andrew that? Sierra. Or should and not they ask both, that on the pod. They both laughed at me and said it was just another shitty Blumhouse movie. Oh damn. And Blumhouse did Oculus? Yes. Okay. And they were wrong, hi guys, about both of those things. Oculus is good, and Blumhouse is a great production company, and they made fun of that at the time. Fuck them, da! I love you guys. I'm just fucking around. But they they were not into Oculus, and I was like, guys, this is pretty cool. Like, Oculus has, like, really fucked up stuff in it. Like, very graphic things happen, especially to, like, the mom. I don't know if you remember Oculus at all. I don't. And I remember walking out like, goddamn, like, I'm not saying it was the greatest movie ever. That has Karen Gillan in it, by the way. Mm. Like, why don't we like Oculus? Anyways, Eric, that was my number three. That's Dr. Sleep. So, Eric. My number three is going to be another quick one for me because it's a film we already talked about. It's a about. quickie. You like quickies. I know that. But I'm going to touch upon something that I've already said about uh, – that I've already said for this podcast episode, but for something that we didn't touch upon when we discussed the film. Number three for me is Aja's Crawl. Yes. Um, you know, Which is why I go to the movies. Which is – which I agree with every fucking thing that you said. It's a fucking monster movie. That's just a fucking blast. The one thing we did not talk about that really won me over and to keep the theme of the sappy sentimental ship, the father-daughter relationship. I did mention that, but yes. Briefly, um, yes. You know, I'm not listening to you. Yeah, I I'm know kidding. Um, I like how they like hate each other and yeah. then they like uh, resolve their problems going through this, you know. Swim, honey. Hardship, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's definitely Whoa! kind of. I guess it's definitely kind of. And Baby Tank has entered the podcast finally. Uh, a little corny, like you saying it like that, but I I love yeah like 
there's there's a part where they like they don't hang out anymore. Uh, uh, our protagonist is a collegiate swimmer, Kaya Scolidario. I don't know how to say her last name. And we learned that when she was younger, her father was like super into uh, like taking her to her meets and such. And you learn that swimming, swimming meets, and you learn that he hasn't been anymore. And just kind of that part when they're discussing like why did the family break up? Like why did the mother and father uh, divorce? Uh, did she have something? You know, to do with it was it because he was always taking her to her meets. Uh, I she liked, thought she was to blame for her parents' divorce. I, I like I, I yeah. like seeing all that resolve. I like seeing them get a happy ending, and especially from Aja. Right, I was shocked. <laughs> right, like that it has any any heart at all uh, beating in it whatsoever. Right, um, I was shocked that it does it does contain like a father daughter relationship that it that does that have healthy heart. Yeah. And because Aja has never has not to this point been one for sentimentalness. Um, and yeah, so I totally agree. I love that as well. It, it is kind Sorry, of, I, I didn't think you touched upon it. it. It is kind of corn. No, I, I only said, I barely mentioned it, but I want to, I want to be clear. Cause you said it too. It is kind of corny, but if you're willing to go with it, cause it's a fucking alligator movie where fucking alligators eat people's heads. Right. Um, it's awesome. It's I, yeah, fantastic. For a minute, I thought it was going to be my number one. <laughs> it's. I feel like it should be. Like if if you get anything from this podcast, watch Crawl for sure. That's the one you should watch for sure. Um, I have my number one. I like much more than Crawl, but Crawl is why I go to the movies. Damn, we're at, we're at two. Yeah. All right, G. All right, so my number two is a film we've already spoken a lot about. I'm not really going to go on about it. I mean, we've t- I feel like we've talked this quite a bit on the podcast. My number two is Ari Aster's Midsummer. Mm. Uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. Uh, love this movie. Uh, what a wild film. I think the main thing I want to pinpoint is my favorite thing in this movie occurs before the title card. It right? is the most. Some horrific ass shit. It is the most mean spirited image of the year. Uh, and, you know, it's very early on. I guess I'll spoil it. I mean, if you haven't seen Midsummer, please go watch it. It's on Prime Video. The, op- the, the opening of this film is like its own little horror movie in itself. And uh, there's this image. Of I love fucking- how it's such a stark contrast of snowy night yeah, yeah. to summer weather. There's an image that has haunted me since more than anything this year. And it's, it's Danny's sister on the floor uh, with a fucking like like uh, a hose from her, the car. Like she, she's hooked it to the tailpipe of her car to, to commit suicide. Correct. And she's also thrown up on herself and she's dead. And it's this fucking symmetrical shot that zooms into her and then goes out the window. And then the fucking theme starts and it says an Ari Aster or no, it says an a 24 film. Mm. And I was like, Holy shit. Right. Like he's done it again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, Holy fuck. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really, really like uh, Midsummer, and my favorite part is actually before the title card even hits. Um, it is so, so disturbing. Um, I've never seen anyone uh, film and portray dread in such a way that he does, um, and that appeals to me very much. Um, I'm not going to go on about it. We've talked a lot about it. You know, I do think it's kind of treading in the same waters as like Wicker Man or The Sacrament or even Kill List to an extent. Um, films about cults and we've seen a lot of them uh but uh none quite as fucking nuts as ari aster's midsummer uh you said not quite as nuts um for those last like 30 minutes yeah 
I wanted to lean over to Melissa and be like, are you seeing this? Yeah. Like, are you watching what I'm watching right I, now? Cause this is some crazy shit. I was going to leave it at that, but I do want to say you mentioned it. Um, re, when you, when you've seen midsummer, the second time you see it, you get to watch because what the film actually is, is a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. That's what the film is. And, um, boy, that's really good. Really good. Um, that's actually what the film is about. And Danny, like how, like, I'm not going to say, but like at the end where she's got like the headdress on, she's being carried. Fuck man. Like midsummer is sick, sick. It's awesome. So I love I, it. I, I love it too. It's my number two. All righty. My number two. Yes, Eric. What is your number two? And we're keeping with our sappy theme in the words of Mike Hanlon. I think I'm paraphrasing here. Be yourself. Be proud. I'm talking about the go for broke messy doesn't always work uh it chapter two yes i think they were able to i'm not going to focus on any negative stuff here i think they were able to they were there when it arrived i think they that's my favorite parts of the movie uh were able to recapture their friendship yeah uh the 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 spirit the enjoyment the uh the the restaurant scene hi ho silver the the dinner restaurant scene before it turns to cgi uh, to to scariness right uh, I absolutely love that the revelation between uh, Eddie and Richie. I'm just so on board for all for those characters. Um, and and the worst part of that film is when they split up. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I love. Oh, and also, oh, never mind. You don't want to talk negative. Uh, well, you can if you want. My darling angel. Oh, what the fuck is that? Okay. Um, I I just love how it was like a big. Yes, event film. Event. Absolutely. Horror film that had some heart to it. Totally. And I really, really like it. Now, I, I, I totally agree. You kind of put the right words in it. It's 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 not always perfect. It is at times a mess. Yes. And those I absolutely agree with. But I, I love, like you said, these characters. I love these actors. Um, I think my only my only gripe with the actors was I felt like they tried to act like the kids too much instead of just being their characters. It's been. I felt like they were trying to be the kids. You, I um, mean, it's fair to say people evolve. Yeah, people change, people adapt. So yeah, you, that it, what, that would be weird that twenty seven years later they still like act the same. Right. Yeah. Like I I would have preferred like read the script and then take your character just like if any other film. But instead, I kind of feel like they're trying to act like those kid actors, and I don't, right. I don't know. But uh, and then I also felt like there I didn't need all the flashbacks with the kids. Like we already have a two and a half hour movie with the kids. But, right. Um, I like the kids. I guess I was okay with that. But I, yeah. I feel what you're saying. We could trim some fat. Yeah. I, oh, it's also almost fucking three hours long. Right. But uh, enough of that. I love it as well. I mean, I just love it. I love Pennywise. I mean, fucking anytime I can get Pennywise under a fucking bleachers. And remember we talked about that. I feel like children that might be like, I've told you that was, that might be like the most, it it can't be because midsummer came out as well. But, um, one of the most mean spirited scenes of the year, which is Pennywise luring that opening sequence is mean spirited. That is very mean spirited, but luring a child with like, Oh, they made fun of me. Um, do you want to be friends? Like I can take away your fucking birthmark birthmark. Um, you know, like bonding, like very like sweet almost. And then he bites her fucking head off. Uh, also, uh, the, I mean, also, just wow. Also, the funhouse scene when he's just like yes. killing a child uh, in front of Bill. Yeah, it seems fucked up. Just wild shit. Lo- I mean, yeah, I liked it. I, I understand its decisiveness, and I'm glad I felt divisiveness. You mean decisive, divisive, divisive, divisive. 
E-Dog doesn't speak English well. Are you going to say tomato, tomato this episode? Uh, I was just going to say I'm glad I fell on the side of enjoying the film. I loved it as well. I want to be clear. It's my number four. Great. I just, I agree. It's at times a mess. I'm, but I'm thinking we're going to be able to talk number one pretty easily together. I think so. Okay. Uh, well, we haven't talked a certain movie that might have come out this year. Okay. On, on, okay. We're not. We're gonna do our number one now. Okay. You ready? On the count of three. Three, two, one. Hellboy. Tigers are not afraid. Oh my god. Okay. Let's try again. <laughs> okay. Three. One. Two. two one. Three, three from hell. I, I did it for real. Yeah. I did it for real. Is it? Is it us? It's us. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it's fucking us. Jordan Hills. Um, us is us. my favorite movie of the year. If you remove Star Wars from the equation, right? Okay. I don't know how to do that. Um, you're giving Rise of Skywalker your number one. I don't know. Okay. I'm afraid. I don't know. Okay. Probably okay. not. I okay. don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's okay not to like it. Let's just take Star Wars out of the equation. Oh, yeah. I like it. I, I like I'm it, Mikey. Saying it's okay not to. I like it. Okay. I'm trying to go see it tomorrow. Okay. I. Our number one is it. fucking Jordan Peele's Us. I revisited Us. I watched it with my nephew. It was it was at my nephew's request. I rewatched it to show my brother and his wife and. I loved it even more. And one part that just really stuck with me that I just absolutely loved. It's at the very beginning. It's within with the, it's within the first three minutes okay. of the film. Uh, is it the Chud VHS? Lapita Nyong'o's character, uh, Addie, is a small child at this point. She's uh-huh. with her parents. They're at the Santa Cruz boardwalk. They are playing various uh, carnival games. Is that a fair description? Yes. And the father, who blew my mind... I have no idea how to pronounce his name. I'm not going to try. The reason it blew my mind, uh, Us came out in March of this year, and then HBO's Watchmen came out late October and November. He plays a substantial role in Watchmen. Okay. And so I was excited to see that he was in nice. uh, nice. both films. And he's also going to be in Candyman. Nice. I don't. It, I guess there's word that Tony Todd is returning, but yeah. we don't know. Uh, he's going to play Whack-A-Mole. Yeah. And the guy working the, the whack-a-mole machines, he, he asks, he says, how many tickets? And the guy playing, the, the guy who's running the whack-a-hole, the whack-a-mole machines says two tickets. And he goes, two tickets. And it's just this past thing I've been yelling for the last week. Two tickets to and, paradise. It has absolutely nothing to do with the film. Okay. But I'm just loving it so much that I'm finding something as simple as two tickets to just be absolutely... In love with, absolutely in love with. Yeah, but let's let's talk about us. <laughs> yeah. for I real. mean, well, where to start, right? So, like, I remember sitting, I remember going to see us, and here's the here's the crazy part. So, we're now a year out, pretty much. Let's just say a year out from us. Okay. And us is a big deal, right? We love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that time, I loved Get Out, but Get Out wasn't my favorite movie that year. And I thought, boy, I'm really excited to see what Jordan Peele does next, right? Correct. I'm with you. And we went and sat in us. And from the moment it started, just, you know, the way it's directed. And then, I mean, I just knew we were getting into something special from him when she walks down the boardwalk and goes to like the beach. Mm-hmm. And it was like the lightning. And I'll show, I tweeted a GIF of it recently. And uh, I think she's eating an apple or something. Right. She drops and it. she drops it. And like the lightning and the way it looked. And then. I was just like, fuck, uh, Jordan Peele's insane. And nothing had happened yet. Nothing like crazy had happened yet, but it's just gorgeous. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And then 
we do get to our film that we knew we were going to get, which is some kind of doppelganger film. And so, spoilers for us. It's it's a home invasion film. Which is what... Would be the briefest yeah. way to describe it. And so, so slight spoilers for us. Um, there's a moment in us that broke my brain. Okay. And it broke me when I all of a sudden... So, I didn't watch a lot of the marketing for this film. So, the marketing to me was doppelgangers, home invasion, trying to get into the house, and then fighting them. And there's so much more, though. Insanely more. So much more. And so what happens is they go to a neighbor's house to, like, get help. Correct. And I, I actually will not reveal what happens. Okay. Because I, I shouldn't. But but this is when the film really starts to crack open. That's when we we suddenly find... Let's. I'm just going to say additional doppelgangers. I'm pretty sure I muttered oh shit to myself. And when that occurred, it broke my brain. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is so much more and bigger than I expected. Mm -hmm. And then also I was like, I don't even know what to expect now. And then, so I thought, okay, this is like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. And then... It gets even more insane. Right. And I will not say where it goes, but just the underground stuff, where we head, where we end. I was just like floored. Like I walked out staggering like, holy shit. He just made a whole brand new horror classic. I love this more than Get Out. I went I went home and started to think about it, like what it meant, what was going on. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I had to read all the think pieces yeah. uh, people were posting. Yes. Because I loved reading what other people were, were getting out of it. I will never forget. And it's funny because it's in our little shit theater. And I saw it with you and Dana, I think. I think Melissa was there as well. Shout out to her. I think she was. Uh, I just remember. I will never forget that. I will never forget that viewing. Because I sat down thinking, boy, I hope this is good. And that was it. And it was like, you know, you know when you see a film and it's a fucking experience where you're like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen while you're watching it. That's what happened to me with us. I was just fucking blown away absolutely blown away by this movie and it just all year i was like that's my favorite movie of the year we saw midsummer we saw fucking it chapter two i saw dr sleep and i thought well us is still my favorite movie of the year i agree like it just i got the 4k still book i think it's i think it's just amazing I i'm absolutely uh, in love with it i'm 100 percent with you i want i want to hear you talk uh, i've been going i'm sorry go honestly, ahead us it's it's my number one as well yes but what i like so much about it is this fucking family yeah oh for sure um and i love that they're all giving these powerful uh, heroic moments. What I love that they're all there to shine. What y'all afraid of a family? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's one of my favorite lines of the whole. What uh, y'all afraid of a family? Uh, one of my favorites is uh, from that same scene uh, when they're getting inside and Lupita Nyong'o, Addie, she's like the Haida key. He's like, what kind of white shit is that? <laughs> uh, what so y'all afraid of a family? So goddamn good. The father's amazing. Duke Winston. Yes. Amazing. Uh, the kids are amazing. Obviously there's humor. It's fucking Jordan Peele. Um, this is a treat. I mean, really, this is quite a treat. We're, are we getting original ideas like this anymore? I don't know. I mean, let's, let's go down the list. It sure. chapter two was based off of an existing IP. There's been uh, killer animal films before. I guess Happy Death Day to you is just a slasher. Mm -hmm. Little Monster is just zombies. Midsommar is just a cult uh, film. The Lighthouse is what? Two people descending into madness. Yeah. Uh, then I got another zombie movie. Then I got a comic book movie. And then I got a fucking movie that you can't not think of another movie 
ready or not, and you're next. Yeah, yep. we're, ju- we're just not getting this level of creativity. And I yeah. think that's another reason why we have it so high. Yeah. No, I mean, it, but I, you know, it's hard to explain because it's like, well, just because it's original, we're going to re- reward it. And, and I'm not saying that's what you were saying. That's definitely one. I am no, kind of sure. saying that. No, but, I am kind of saying that. But it, it's, it, it's funny because thinking but about it's it, also good. it didn't even cross my mind like, oh, this is an original film this year, which it is. And that's it's wildly inventive. But it's so fucking good. It's so gorgeously shot. I mean, like you said, acting. Lupita Nyong'o should have been fucking nominated for an Oscar. And then it just explodes into this massive film. I just, I could not believe what it turned into. Could not believe. Shout out to the costume designer, yes, the makeup yes. people, to make Lupita Nyong'o look like this beautiful woman, and then to also make her look like a woman who's been living underground yes. forever. And then also her, obviously, for bringing both of those characters to life. And then also just the 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 design of the film with the red jumpsuits and the and the scissors, the gold right. like scissors, the uh, the the brown gloves, the brown gloves. Like I, it just, it just as I'm watching, I'm like, this is a fucking master at work. We are not worthy, like we are not worthy of this shit. And then yeah, so like it just turned me into like I thought Jordan Peele was a genius, just like everybody else. And then I saw this and I thought, my god. Like I need to, like, it made me like, I already wanted to see the twilight zone reboot. I was like on board for anything with Jordan Peele's name on it after this, which but like, I was let down by that. I liked it. I can't wait for season two. I really enjoyed it. Has the any, twilight zone. Uh, has anything been announced yet with what he's going to follow up us with? I don't think so, no. but his monkey paw productions is doing a ton of stuff like Candyman. What the fuck is this antebellum shit? I don't know. I heard about that recently. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, that's exciting that Monkey yeah. Paws doing Candyman. Yes. Um, so I don't know. You know what to say. It's fucking us. Um, it's my it's, favorite movie of the year. It it's can, yeah. a masterpiece. I absolutely agree. I will not pick between us and Get Out. I will because uh, what I love about us is, I mean, big shock from me. Uh, it's ambiguous nature. It's reaching for something higher. It's reaching out to where... I've I've been quoted to say I don't even think it's a literal film. Like I cuz s- some people have talked about like the uh logic of the end of the film and I thought wow like that never crossed my mind cuz to me the film is sort of reaching for something higher than literal it, like film like I don't think it's a literal it, ending. Right. I guess it can't be literal with the commentary it's trying to exactly. explain. Exactly. Tell. Right. And I think it's striving for something crazier and bigger for, for us to think about rather than just, you know, a, uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I love us. So we love us. <laughs> yes. And we, and we love tank as well. Yes. He's got to take shit. He's going crazy. Waiting for Melissa to put shoes on to go out the door. I'm, I'm going to wait because I think he's going to, he might go wild again. Yeah, I think that's it for us. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I am in absolute love with it. I I, I hope I didn't take over your commentary. It's just I have to do my gushing. I feel the same way about the film as you do. Yeah. It's brilliant. Uh, Jordan Peele is brilliant. You you were kind of saying you you don't think you can pick one or the other. I I will pick us over Get Out, but I think they're equally amazing. It's just us appeals to me more. I mean, like I said, Big Shock, it's like ambiguous and crazy where Get Out is like a wrapped up film. Like, 
I guess it's tough for me to har- I guess it's hard for me to pick simply because it's. I fun. guess into uh, I find I think Get Out is more intimate. Yeah, where it's just one man struggle, whereas like the entire world is uh, possibly being doomed in in sure. us. I think I think Get Out to me is a more perfect in a bow film. I think it's like a masterpiece from start to finish. Mm. And I think us is messier and crazier. And like I said, reaching for more. And so I like it more. Um, but get out also, uh, it's kind of funny to think about how people have logic issues with us, but like, why didn't you have logic issues with get out then? Right. Like think of the logic of that. Like, I'm not going to get into it, but just like, yeah, like we probably can't do those things. Anyways. Um, fuck it. That's Jordan peels us. Put, other people's brains into other people's bodies. Spoilers for Get Out. We can't do that. Yeah, I don't think so. No. So that's it. We're done. We it's finally, us. we finally, we fucking recorded this episode. I know. Uh, let's see. Let's see where we're at. Is us. Yeah. I think we're at about three hours. So we hope you enjoyed this journey with us. Uh, our top ten of 2019. Um, this is my favorite episode to record every year. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. Going with us, uh, Eric. Our next episode is going to be our top 10 of the decade. Uh, explain that to me. Uh, 2010 to 2020 or 2010 to 2019? I think it's 10 to 19, but I guess I don't know. We'll I guess that makes sense because we haven't gone through 2020 yet. Yeah. yeah. So, so it'll be 2010 to 2019. Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. So I'm excited to do that. The only problem there is that we'll probably talk the same shit we always fucking talk on every episode. Like, sure. That cabin in the woods is so good. I'm I'm just excited that I'm not going to watch anything. Yeah. I have two franchises currently on my plate, but I'm only going to name one that I'm excited to dive into now that this episode is over. What are they? I don't think I've... I think I've only seen one of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Oh, wow. And with the new one dropping this year, I've got Casino Royale at the top of my uh, Netflix physical queue. I'm assuming you've seen Skyfall, the best one, right? What's the one Sam Mendes did? Skyfall. Okay. Well, I've, he also I've did seen, Spectre, but... I've seen one of those. The Roger Deacon, Sam Mendes one is Skyfall. It's the best one. Uh, I assume, I mean, I love Mission Impossible. Am I going to love Daniel Craig Bond? Yeah. I mean, Quantum of Solace sucks. I mean, I mean, they're just like spy action films. We don't have to talk about this. Yes, but Quantum of Solace sucks. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, this is OT, completely off topic, at the end of this podcast. Did you I, see 1917? I did not. Ooh, da. Go see 1917. Yeah. It's fucking sick. And I think with that. This is the end of the Ghoul Squad podcast. We as as, as on we like knew we it, do. it's gone. Yep. Now, uh, Eric, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at uh, Ghoul Squad FM. Buy a t-shirt. Uh, you, yes, you can go to tpublic.com and just search for uh, Ghoul Squad. You yep. can find uh, Kiki on Twitter, at Keeksta. Yep. And you can find E-Dog at uh, Corbucci Squad on Instagram. Yes. And I think with that, This is the end of the podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hopefully, we do it soon. I feel like we will. I feel like we will. Because it's not I feel like I just have to Google horror films that have come out in each one of those years, and bam. And and then we're going to rank all six Omen films. Uh, I don't know how down I am for that. (laughs) I I can't wait to see the fourth film. That's the one with Sam Neill where he's like in the White House and shit. Oh, geez. Yeah, I can't wait. So, uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Thank, Thank you for listening. We love you. And goodbye. Bye.